to the 95th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name's Brandon Chowan. And joining me tonight are Ash Collins and Mark Nadeau. Ash, how are things for you this week? I'm just peachy. Excellent. And how about you, Mark? Good. Always hustling. Never stopping. <laughs> so I always think about you, the hustler, Mark yeah. Nadeau. You should see me tonight in my leopard print the pajama pants. <laughs> I and wish I could. This great gold uh necklace around my neck it's a fist <laughs> oh fantastic well, good. I, if, if i ever look down i get punched in the face so i'm always looking <laughs> up to the next challenge <laughs> oh man well excellent so tonight we are kicking off our big loud transformers arc with a review of the 2007 release and we'll be talking about the first featured film of cssc6 the Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge, which kicked off today, 2015's Harbinger Down. First, though, let's talk about social media and how you can follow us outside of just listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions, email us at contact at Cinefessions.com, and you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's one 302 Four four eight eight two five five. You'll have comments, questions, corrections, and concerns. So please reach out to us and talk film with us on any of those platforms. Also, make sure you're following along our Cinefessions Instagram account. Mark posts a ton of reviews on there and all of his media pickups. So definitely give that a follow if you've not already. And like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions. Plus, you can check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 94 podcast episodes right on over at Cinefessions.com. And finally, we're proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out their services. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or your Kindle devices, so head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. And as I mentioned, the sixth annual Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge has kicked off today, June 1st. And if you're not playing along, you're really missing out. Not only is it a wonderful excuse to watch as many horror and sci-fi films and television episodes as humanly possible during the month of June, but you also get entered in to win Amazon gift cards just for signing up and playing along. So even if you just plan on watching a few movies throughout the month, that's good enough reason to sign up. The easiest way to do that is to sign up at the Cinefessions forums over at cinefessions.proboards.com and creating a thread under the CSSC forum. Or if you prefer, you can host the list on your own website, uh, a Tumblr page, a Facebook note, or even on Letterboxd, like we have somebody doing this year. Whatever you want to do that you can edit over the course of the month will work. And that's, it's all for fun, but it's always great to have a chance to win some free prizes. So even if you're listening to this and it's, say, June 5th or something, still sign up and get watching. Everything earns you points. And the most points wins, but you can still win prizes without winning the whole thing. So there's no reason you shouldn't sign up. Again, hit up Cinefessions.com for the full details, all the rules and links on how to sign up. And then you get me those lists ASAP. With that in mind, let's talk about our weeks in uh, media here. Ash, what'd you end up doing this past week? Uh, work. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> got my pool up, my filter working. So there was that. Uh, nice. As soon as it actually gets warm enough to use the damn thing, we will. Um, mm. Let's see. I've 
inadvertently got turned on to a TV show because my wife wanted something on in the background. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was watching it on Hulu. It's called Outsiders. Um, Okay. It was uh, a show that was on WGN for two seasons and then got canceled. Um, uh, But uh, it's... It's interesting. It's about uh, he, the this family that's lived up on this mountain for the last 200 years in uh, rural Kentucky. Um, and oh, okay. uh, they have their own kind of ways and everything else. And uh, it, they actually have a pretty good cast. Uh, it's interesting to watch. Um, one of the guys from Sons of Anarchy is in it. Uh, one of the guys who's been like a bad guy and like a whole ton of movies uh is in it um yeah they've got a whole they got a quite a good group of actors for it so it was it, it's interesting to watch and the uh the storyline's interesting too uh there's kind of uh, the way they play it out it could be supernatural or it could just be massive coincidences um but uh the, for some of it and you know there's other stuff going on but it's it's interesting uh so i've been mm. watching that um i'm into the second season i'm like halfway through it so almost done with it already um but uh other than that i don't think i uh i don't think i watched anything on netflix other than what um i did watch some parks and rec again yeah uh but uh, it's been mostly outsiders very cool yeah i've not seen that but i have seen like the commercials for it when i'm watching tv every once in a while and uh it looked interesting but nothing i've ever spent any time with Oh, yeah, and The Handmaid's Tale. Almost forgot about that. New episode was yesterday, so we watched Still liking um, it? Yes. Good. Yes. Um, we didn't watch any more Legion, uh, although, god damn, that show's good. <laughs> 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 I, I think after we finish Outsiders, I'm going to go back and finish Legion. I've only got... Oh, wait, yeah, we did finish Legion, didn't we? Oh, did you? Or the first season, anyway, yeah. First okay. season, we, we finished it. it that was uh, absolutely batshit and awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, that's it. Excellent. Yeah, myself, I, um, so I've had this, this week off and it's just fucking flown by. It feels like I haven't had a day off. Um, but I, I have done some, some good things here. So I ended up beating two games this week. And so I have now four of my five for the, my goal for the year. So I'm happy about that. Um, I finally beat Call of Duty 2 on the Xbox 360. Uh, I was playing it on Xbox One because it's backwards compatible. And, um, yeah, the I've been I own all of the Call of Duty series, and so I've been kind of my goal was when I ended up purchasing them all was to play them through from the first to the most recent. And uh, I beat Call of Duty one a long while ago. I think it was sometime last year. I do Call of Duty Classic, the Xbox Live Arcade version, and uh, then I started that Call of Duty two r- right afterwards, and then I kind of left it for the past I don't even know how long it's been four months. Maybe it's not been since last year, but. Uh, for a good number of months anyway. And uh, the jump from Call of Duty 1 to Call of Duty 2, um, not that huge, not that um, different. But it's in Call of Duty 2 is frankly just a generic World War II shooter. There was, uh, There is a story, but it's not much to talk about. Um, so yeah, I ended up beating that one. I enjoyed it um, for what it was. Um, but then the other one I beat was actually one I beat co-op with Chris. Um, actually, it's funny because I started playing that game again, probably about a year ago, maybe a little less with a coworker. Actually, no, it was over a year ago because my coworker has not been working with me for over a year. So, uh, we started playing it, played halfway through, got to level, got through level six of 10 and then just never went back to it. That was in one sitting. And then the second sitting, I asked Chris if he'd play through with me and try to beat it. And so we, uh, we did, and we ended up beating it yesterday. 
and um, that was Halo Combat Evolved, and it was the anniversary edition because it was from the uh, Master Chief Collection on Xbox One. And um, it was a pain in the ass, but I actually had a lot of fun playing it co-op with Chris, um, and I'm glad that I finally beat it. My my only disappointment is that I still can't really tell you what the full story is because the first half of it, we were skipping through the cutscenes because um, my coworker had beaten it a number of times, um, and then this time we were kind of talking through the cutscenes. Uh, so I still don't really know exactly what the story is, but I have a general idea of it, you know, a good gist of it. But um, I, I don't know, whatever. I'm still going to move on to Halo 2. Um, I'll probably play that one co-op also, hopefully with Chris, so we can uh, bust through it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, I had fun with it. And the, the updated graphics are significantly better than the um, uh, original because you can switch between them in the game, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, definitely worth it that... Um, the Halo Master Chief Collection is an awesome purchase because there's Halo 1 through 4 on there um, and they all play really well and you can play multiplayer online with even the original Halo, which wasn't online multiplayer, I don't believe. I think it was just um, couch multiplayer, if I remember right. So, yes, enjoyed that one. Um, and then I started Call of Duty 3. Um, that one I'm playing my PS3 and I'm really impressed with it. So, the, like I said, the jump from Call of Duty Classic to Call of Duty 2 was not very big, but the jump from Call of Duty 2 to 3 has been enormous. Um, it's really the first Call of Duty that started feeling that starts feeling cinematic. There are set pieces in this one where there really weren't in Call of Duty 2, at least notable ones. Um, the sound design is so much better. It just feels a lot more frantic, a lot what you would think as someone who's never been in war, but something you you know what you would think of as a, a war scene. Uh, feeling and so it's it's really good. I'm really liking that one. I've only played a little bit of that so far, so hopefully I'll get back to that sooner rather than later. Um, for the first d day of CSSC six, I've watched three films so far. I'm happy about that. Ooh, I ooh. Yeah, I started off I started off the day with the special edition of Aliens, and uh, it's still just a fantastic film. And uh, I'm almost disappointed that we didn't watch that during the Bill Paxton arc because Paxton is so fucking good in it. And hey, he's such hey, a, a huge Hey, you know what? I suggested it and you both yep. poo-pooed me. Yeah. Both of you fuckers <laughs> said, no, we're not doing it. Because everybody's like, doing it. That's why. Why do the same thing as everybody else? Let's yeah, see stuff yeah. that are that's in his second layer. Why? Why? You know, like he's. we all know he's an alien. We all know he's awesome. I wanted to see other things. Yeah, but he is fantastic in it. Of course like, he is. Really, really good. And, um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy that movie. Um, between Alien and Aliens, I like them both uh, for different reasons. Obviously, we've talked about this a thousand times in the past, so I won't get back into it. But Your comments definitely are enjoyed that controversial one. right now. I'm surprised. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Um, and then, obviously, I watched Harbinger Down for the podcast so I could get my three points. So I waited for today to watch that one. Um, and then, uh, after that, I watched The Wolfman. I initially was planning on watching Frankenstein. So I go to my movie collection because I thought I purchased the Frankenstein Legacy Collection on Blu-ray. Uh, or the, I guess it's called Frankenstein, the Complete Legacy Collection that came out mm, not too terribly long ago. Maybe maybe it was late 2015. I don't know. Um, but I go to there and I'm like, I'm looking through the apps. I can't find it. I'm like, well, what the fuck? And so then I'm looking through all my collection. And I realize, oh, the one I bought was the Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection. So I'm like, well, fuck, let's put that one in. Short movie, you know. Uh, 70 minutes mm -hmm. so I put that in and then I'm thinking like is this I wonder does I is this sci-fi horror and so I'm looking it up on IMDb and it's not it's only horror so I'm like damn it so I'm not following the weekly theme to earn the bonus points um, and then as I'm sitting there watching I remember 
the reason I didn't buy the Frankenstein uh, complete legacy collection on Blu-ray is because I already owned the Frankenstein legacy collection on DVD, and that's downstairs in my basement with my DVD DVD collection. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I was already 20 minutes into Wolfman, so I wasn't going to stop it and put on Frankenstein at that point. But after the podcast, I think I might be watching Frankenstein. Um, Chris, I saw, was watching Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Then he watched the commentary of Bride of Frankenstein, and it sounds really informative. And so I might actually check that one out um, because it's uh, one of the checklist items that I could do, uh, watch the film and then watch it again with the commentary. And it would be sci-fi horror, so just good for points and uh, just want to get all that knowledge that bride of Frankenstein knowledge because it's such a great film. So that's uh, that was my first day of CSSC six, and I received the graphic novel that I'm planning to read, um, which is We Stand on Guard. It's basically a, a fictional war uh, between America and Canada. Yeah, good luck with so, that. Good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> but it, uh, I read the first issue, man, when it first came out digitally. And it was awesome, but I for completely forgot about it because I don't purchase comics on a weekly basis. And then I was reading through a like image comics uh, reading guide and it mentioned it down there. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. And so I found it on Amazon for like less than 10 bucks. So I had to grab it. But excited to read that one because I uh, just the whole idea is fascinating to me. So I'm sure that'll be fun. Um, and speaking of, of comics, so after reading Outcast, I've been on a sort of uh, image comics kick. And so I dove into some of the other stuff that I own because I own a, a pretty good amount of Image Comics, which I didn't realize. So um, the first one I read was a book that I've heard so much about. Um, I can't – Matt Friction, I think, is the author on it. Um, and it's Sex Criminals. And so I read Sex Criminals Volume 1. This has gotten so much praise since its release. And um, frankly, I didn't really know what it was about. But the Image Comics generally have a really cheap Volume 1. Um, and so I ended up purchasing it. I guarantee you I paid less than eight bucks for it, somewhere on there probably. Um, and I just have had it and haven't read it, but I ended up reading it and it is fascinating. It's such an interesting idea. It, it basically is about um, this, our main character that we're following is this woman who, when she orgasms, time freezes and she goes into this like other world basically where she's seemingly alone and time stands still. And this happens every time she orgasms. Well, then she meets this guy who has happens to have the same gift. And so they decide that they are going to rob a bank using this gift. And it's interesting. Like what I love most about it are the characters. These two main characters are just a lot of fun to, to read and, and listen to them go back and forth. Uh, the art is interesting. It's uh, not a super realistic art style and I really like it. Um, but it's just a really funny comic book and it's definitely worthy of all the praise it's gotten, um, that, that I've heard it get over the, since its release. And so I definitely recommend that one if, uh, if that sounds at all interesting to you. Um, it's definitely obviously for more, uh, you know, quote unquote mature audiences, uh, not for kids, but, um, yeah, it's very interesting. Matt Fraction, uh, does that one and I definitely recommend that. Um, and then I followed Ash's advice from last week. Um, talking about Preacher, and so I dove into Preacher Volume 1 because I owned that one for a long time and haven't read it. Um, and man, it is not at all what I thought it was. It's, I mean, there's a supernatural kick to it, which I didn't expect at all. Um, and it's really, really fucking good. Um, where Sex Criminals was was definitely on the humorous side, this one is on the definite, I mean, there are funny bits to it, but it's definitely not a comedic book by any stretch is definitely a uh, like 
I don't even know, like an action Western just fucked up thing with supernatural <laughs> elements. It's pretty much, but it's really good. Yeah, but it's fucking awesome, man. And I think I already own volume two. Um, I think I bought that when I bought volume one. And so I just have to go up to my, uh, I got to go upstairs and take a look through my comic books, my graphic novels and see. Um, but I th- definitely will be reading that one very soon because it's awesome. And uh, I'm, I want to watch the TV series, but I've, I was kind of on the fence because I've heard that it takes place. Some, some were saying that it takes place kind of like during the comic months. Some, and then I was reading that it actually takes place before the comics. Yeah. Apparently it's like a prequel to some of the comic material they use yeah. at the same time. But there's characters from, from yeah, later in the series. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I I want to finish the whole thing, but there's like nine volumes or ten volumes or something. So Watch I don't know if I'm going to finish it. It's worth it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And it's short too. I think it's only ten episodes. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for media. I, I ended up hurting myself a little bit at softball last week, so I'm uh, not playing this week. And just kind of been nursing my – I think it's my quad. It's I don't know. I'm not a sports person. It's and so. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. That's for mm. sure. But <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not pleasant. Is but it's, it's doing okay a lot better. Or, uh, is what I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Is your hand okay too? Then, or is it just your groin? <laughs> My hand's fine. Thank you, Brian. Still good, Papet. Yeah, yeah well, we're great. Oh, we're that's, great. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I just been in, enjoying my week off. Next week's gonna suck ass at work, so uh, I'm not looking forward to going back. So I'm just trying to not think about it and uh, enjoy the few days I have left here. So that was my week. And uh, what about you, Mark? Actually, you know, it hasn't been that uh, eventful. Um, Movie-wise, I was able to uh, jot down a few films for uh, the next few uh, posts. Um, I just posted today, Back to School, uh, the Roddy Dangerfield uh, comedy, which I adored. Um, Then I was able to watch A Cat of Nine Tails, or Cat O' Nine Tails. It's from 71. It's an Argento film, which I wasn't that enthused on. It wasn't that – I didn't think it was that great – um isn't that one like uh what's the trilogy it's not no it's really... not it's not the mother tears it's it's not, oh, it's not one thinking. of those okay. no, this is pretty much a. I i still after all my years of horror movie watching i'm still confused by giallo uh films Jello, so yeah. i'm not sure if this was a giallo or if it was a just a murder mystery from what I heard, have heard of it, it's a giallo. Okay. Well, I, I honestly, uh, it's uh, boring. I, I, I was bored to okay. tears with it. Uh, Carl Madden. Uh, well, again, you'll read my review later on this week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wasn't too enthused by it. I only gave it uh, two out of five stars. So, Have you seen um, uh, like Deep Red? No, I have not seen that one yet. Okay. That's I'm, my favorite giallo I've ever seen. I it's might fucking own brilliant. it. Um, okay. I'd have to check. Uh, some of my DVDs are already packed up, but I believe yeah. I might have that one. I don't know for sure. Yeah. If I do, it's on DVD only. Okay. Um, Definitely recommended though. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's one of the big ones, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apart from that, um, I, what else did I – what else do I have down the pipe here? I just have – I'm looking at my notes here right now. And um, <laughs> uh, uh, after that, uh, I watched uh, Don't Go in the House. <laughs> Which uh, it's from 1979. That was interesting. It actually, was it was better than I thought it would be. Lots of nudity. Good. Love it. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll stop it at there. But I have a few more that uh, I wrote ahead of my because uh, I'm moving soon. So I wanted to make sure I had a few uh, loaded before everything's packed up. Right. So I do. So yay for me. 
Um, apart from that, I finished uh, Scream season two. I finished on the thirtieth, so I had a day to uh, data. Uh, I had a day left, and man, it was right. a chore to watch. I had seven episodes left because I was only on episode oh. six, I think, six or seven. And this season had uh, thirteen episodes, which it could have had only twelve. But then the thirteenth episode, so season two ended in September. Or pardon me, it ended in August, and then oh, they tacked yeah. on a thirteenth episode for like a Halloween special. Yeah, I remember Ash talking about that when it happened. Completely unnecessary. Added nothing to the to the story or the mythology. Um, I Ash, did- you liked that one though, didn't you? Really? As a standalone, I liked it. As yeah, okay. a full blown part of season two, no. To me, it felt like I know what you did last summer. Or pardon me, I <laughs> yeah, still know does- what you did last summer. It felt yeah, exactly it, it the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt very much like that. Um, I liked that it was kind of self-contained, more or less. More or less. Um, yeah. What I don't like is that, okay, so this is like the third time this chick has had, you know, dealings with killers. I At this point, I don't care anymore. I'm glad season three is new characters. Because how many times can this girl have people running after her, you know? Hmm. Um, same thing on like Scream. At least with Scream 4, there was a huge gap between. Right. So I didn't mind it so much. So I was oh, actually Scream Four. Was she even in it? I'm trying to think. Yeah, Sydney. Yeah, yes. she was in it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But there was such a huge gap between, so I didn't mind so much. But season Scream seasons one and two within three months of itself, four months. Um, I was just, I was just like, I, I was done with her already. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't care. You know, your friends are backstabbing you. Everybody's lying. I just don't care. <laughs> so. So yeah, that said though, season two started off really good. I found that it kind of idled a lot in the last few episodes. Um, and honestly, the reveal at the end of the killer, I couldn't care less. I really just didn't care at the end. I think it's because I was kind of hate watching because I had so much to watch with only two days to spare. And right. I just gotten off uh, night shifts. So I'm already in a groggy state to begin with. So I kind of forced myself to watch it and I just didn't let myself enjoy it as much. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, uh, it, it, again, it started off really good and it got good. And then I just stopped watching for about a week or so because of like just life. And uh, then yeah. I had to force myself to finish. And I think that's why I didn't like it so much. And then knowing that the last episode was fucking 80 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, I got another, <laughs> I have a TV movie to watch now. This is bullshit, right. you know? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so now with that challenge done, um, um, for the month of June, I'm going to watch uh, a show on Netflix that just came out a few weeks ago. Might have been, yeah, about two weeks. It's called The Keepers. And it's okay. a true crime um, murder documentary about... Really? Yeah, about a nun who discovered something. Um, I guess a she, she discovered some shit happening with a priest in the parish. Tried to report it. Next thing you know, she's dead. So now it's wow. uh, how how this nurse tried to you know bring uh, bring forth a possible murder and uh, the cover up of the Catholic Church. Fascinating. You know I'm obsessed with true crime shit, so I am adding that to my list yeah. literally as we it's speak. called the Keepers. <laughs> it's seven episodes, and uh, I know really nothing of it. I just checked out a blurb briefly on Netflix, and it just looked really cool. And anytime I can see a Catholic priest getting in shit and making the church look bad, I'll watch it. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so that's my next one. Right. So this one's only seven episodes. I'm hoping I can get this done in a timely fashion. But right. uh, yeah, so that's my next thing. Um, 
Other TV-wise, again, I don't have a cable TV. So, you know, I'm a cord cutter. So, I again, I subscribe to the High Spots Wrestling Network. And I've been uh, enamored. Ah, I wouldn't say enamored. I've been curiously entertained by a show called Legends of Extreme. And it's okay. a host, uh, Mike something. I forget his last name. He writes for PWI. And it's him. And it's three uh, wrestlers or three personalities from ECW. And they just talk about ECW and like the arena and like best tag teams and like the most craziest of they ever saw. And it, it rotates week to week. So I've seen panels with um, Todd Gordon, uh, with Sandman, with Perry Saturn, um, oh, wow. uh, with uh, with Blue Meanie. Uh, Joel Gertner's back. Uh, he he does some uh, some speaking uh, or he's a talking head. Uh, so it's really cool. So it's kind of like a table for three. That's on the WWE Network, but moderated. Right. Um, so it's more like a it's like a, a panel show, more or less. And uh, I find it really interesting. I've like watched six episodes back to back. They kind of they kind of um, go over the same stuff once in a while. Yeah, like Blue Meanie said the same story twice now. And then I also just had watched a shoot video with uh, Blue Meanie, so I'm kind of Blue Meanie'd out. I know his story, you know. <laughs> um, but still, it, it's very low budge, you know. But it's just them telling stories. Um, kind of scary. Perry Saturn's on one of them. Yeah, he's kind of he's, he's not looking good. Like you know, he no. used to have tattoos on his arms. Now he's got tribal tattoos over those tattoos. He's got tattoos on his head and face. Like he and he looks he looks sick. He does not look well at all. Um, yeah. So it's kind of sad to see some of the guys. You know, um, yeah. I think it was so a Kickstarter out for him uh, because he was like losing his house or something. He's not. Yeah, he's not in uh, in a good spot right now. I don't. Believe no, him. he's not. Um, and then like you see, just incredible. Uh, like today, uh, oh no, a little heavier looking, you know. It was weird though because yeah. he's wearing a black t-shirt and then he had like a Jericho scarf around his neck. Which, oh. Yeah, so I'm like, what are you covering up? You know, um, right? But yeah, it, it's interesting. But I, I, I find uh, I think they've got like ten episodes for season one. Season two starts on June seventh on the High Spots Network, okay. and uh, I don't know how, what else they can talk about after one season after ten episodes worth. But mm-hmm. I guess there is. So I've been watching some of that. Um, Video game wise, I was finally able, and I had messaged you guys when I did it. I uh, finished Mad Max after six months of gameplay and pausing and whatnot. (laughs) Um, So after doing all the special side quests, um, I was pretty powerful. And then I go to do the main uh, main quest, the main story. Mm -hmm. I had that shit done about three hours. Like it was (laughs) quick. Like I was overpowered, and it was no challenge at all. Actually, there was one one frustrating challenge where you had to fight, uh, I think, Stink Gum in uh, a death race type of thing, where he's throwing mines out and there's drones and you have to like shoot him down so many times with your with your homing missile. Um, it was just frustrating because I kept crashing to the walls because it's really tight spaces. Um, mm-hmm. But apart from that, the game was super easy. Um, again, I do recommend it. So now all I have left to do would be like some side side quests like you know race every car on every track type of bullshit which mm. i'm not going to do right now i'm going to take a break from it i'm at 92 percent completed trophy hunting yeah that's and i don't know if you really want to but again 92 percent is pretty decent i might put it away yeah. maybe for good don't know yet and uh yeah now last night i started the uh, transformers devastation oh did you excellent really briefly i started at midnight and like by 12 30 i was tired so yeah. I got to uh, to uh, the Constructicons uh, forming Devastator, and that was it. So it's like level one three, so really not far at all. But I like the art, yeah. the art style. I 
don't really get a full grasp on the controls yet, but whatever. It okay. was late. I'll play some more whenever I can. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Because like movie wise, apart from uh, apart from what we had to watch this week, I did not really see anything um, additional. Uh, I am going to go see um, Wonder Woman on Sunday, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, I really, really hope that we get off our fucking asses and go see it this weekend. Bridget really wants to see it too, so I really hope when we get there. Yeah, and uh, Melissa's got friends uh, that uh, are cosplayers and are cosplaying as like different characters from the film uh, on Sunday night. So I'm hoping we can go to that theater to just you know get our picture taken and go see the movie with everybody. Right. You know, so I'm very yeah. excited for it. Um, I heard really good things about it. Tra- the mm. first trailer they had though really made me. <sighs> It gave me some some bad vibes on it, like it just the first trailer that they got really didn't look good. Um, but it's been getting major hype since, so I'm very excited to watch it. So hopefully, I'll be able to report uh, in the following episodes. Yeah, I've been trying to avoid the show. I'm a, I, I love the DC film universe. I know me nobody too. in their world does, but I love I it. Yeah, like it. I actually okay. like what they've been they they yeah. they've been trying to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, definitely. Yeah. And so that's why I just I'm, I knew I was going to watch it anyway. And I love it because like my sister, um, she likes superhero movies, but she's I've never heard her say anything once about Wonder Woman. And she had me track down a T-shirt and buy a Wonder Woman T-shirt for her this week. So, I mean, like it's, you know, brings in different audiences also, sure. which is really cool. So, yeah, I'm excited for it because really Wonder Woman was the best part of Batman versus Superman. And I loved her in, that, in yeah. my opinion. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see her, her film with Chris Pine. Only thing I, I maybe don't like so much is that it's set in, during the First World War. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm just not That'd a huge, you know, the time frame doesn't really do much for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But then again, you know, uh, I might be blown away. So I'm excited right. to check it out. I'm going with, I'm not saying high expectations, but some decent expectations just because I like the previous mm-hmm. films. So right. if it's exactly. if it's par for the course, I'm happy with it. I know some people might not, but I'm yeah. I'm pretty easy to please most of the time. It's doing really well so far. So it'll be interesting once uh, it gets released to the general public. So. Yeah. Exciting. Excellent. All right. So without further ado, let's jump in to our review for the day and start off our Transformers arc until we until Mark comes up with a cooler name for it anyway. With our what? first review. <laughs> with our Transformers review from 2007. Now, as always, there will be spoilers. So if you've not seen Transformers from 2007, make sure you pause the podcast, watch the film. Come on back and hit play and then listen to us talk about it. So this is your only spoiler warning. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So Transformers directed by Michael Bay, written by Roberto Orci, O-R-C-I, I I may have said that wrong, and Alex Kurtman. It has an IMDB score of 7.1 out of the 531,000. I'm trying to click over. 531,604 votes at the time of this recording. It has a Metacritic score of 61, a 57% tomato meter with an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 85%. It had a $150 million budget, making this, according to my quick research, the most expensive film we've ever uh, officially reviewed on the Cinefessions podcast which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> and it had a gross of $318.76 million, which I didn't look it up, but I'm sure that's got to be the most grossing film that we've is, ever had. Talked about it. Is that worldwide or is that just US? 
Um, that gross is, I think that's U.S. Yeah, that's U.S. gross. Okay. Yeah. And that's say, just. I thought, it, I thought it grossed a hell of a lot more than that, but. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Globally, yeah. And, and this yeah. film had a bigger budget than Saw 5. <laughs> Believe it or not. Huh. Believe it or not, it did. Well, yes. well, you know. I've had water bills that were bigger than Saw 5's budget. <laughs> All I know is that Costas Mandler, if it's a North Star, got uh, gypped on his paycheck. Because uh, to, to me, it's on par with this film. Yeah, it absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, plus, hell. I felt I had to bring him up since it's CSP6. <laughs> we, I know we haven't talked about him enough in the past few weeks, miss, so it's always good. No, no, we've, we've talked about too. him more than enough. No, bringing him up. It, it's yeah. funny because like Love this it. time last year, we were doing the Saw series. So Was it my, this time? In my yeah. Facebook feed, I'm getting uh, the you know a year ago <laughs> reminders. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a year ago. And I read that's the awesome. reminders and I start jacking off. <laughs> oh, man. So, Ash, what is your history with Transformers? Well, see, when um, I was like six. Oh, wait, you don't want me to go <laughs> that, that far. Um, I've been a, a huge Transformers nut, like, since way back when. If You know, there, there are four big things that I love movie-wise or media-wise. Uh Star Wars, Star Trek, dinosaurs, and Transformers. So, uh, yeah, I saw this in theaters at least two or three times. I think we saw it in IMAX once. Um, wow. Uh, they, uh, yeah, I don't go to IMAX all that often. Um, right. Yeah, and then uh, I've had it. I had it on Blu-ray for a while, and then it got stolen. So then I had to buy it again, but no big deal because I love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I've seen it a lot. Excellent. And what about you, Mark? Uh, same thing. Um, yeah. I'm a big G1 Transformer uh, fan because that's what I grew up with. Um, so, like, the notes I took tonight, you know, to me, like, I referred back to the G1 stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, this film here, uh, I saw it when it came out and uh, only saw it one time. And then, of course, I bought on Blu-ray when it came out on Blu-ray. Excellent. So, I never watched anything Transformers. I may have played with some of the toys, but I, I feel like that was more Power Rangers because that was kind of my era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so where you guys had Transformers, I feel like we had Power Rangers because they still – I had them fucking whatever that bad guy or the main guy was that they all formed into. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I was I was so. wrong. Transformers have been a part of my life since I was seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, because that's when they came out. I was seven. Right. See, you're old. <laughs> that's fine. But – um yeah and so i watched this movie when it was in theaters um and this is the only one i've seen in theaters and uh i loved it um i bought it i I don't think i bought it when it came out though on dvd um my sister owned it so i didn't need to um and this week i actually went out and bought the there was two transformers movies i didn't own already this one and the next one and so i ended up buying them both on blu-ray this week uh for the podcast so this is the first time i was watching it I want to say since then, but I think that may be wrong. I think I may have watched it once on home video on DVD uh, since it's released, but I can't remember exactly. So, yeah, this um, is probably my second or third viewing of the film. Um, yeah. And so I'm coming from a different different viewpoint where I know I don't even know what G1 means unless you mean like Generation 1 or what. Yep, Generation 1. Yeah, okay. That's what um, uh, boss fans, uh, that's what we say. That's our slang, like G1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and I remember, so I just watched the, the reason Transformers. It's Generation One is because in the '90s they tried to re, Redcon. revitalize the line with Generation Two. 
Oh, okay. Makes that's sense. what they actually call it, Transformers Generation 2. Gotcha. Yeah, remember, I just watched Transformers the movie, the animated one, earlier this year and didn't didn't uh, didn't like that very much. So, excellent. Yeah. I felt like there was um, something else I was thinking about in there, but I don't don't remember what it is. Oh, so let's... oh fun fact. Yes. Since I brought up that I like Star Trek. Um, the guys who wrote this and the next movie in the series uh, are the ones who did the Star Trek reboot uh, in Star Trek Into Darkness. They wrote it. I love the Star Trek reboot. Excellent. That's cool. That's good to know. All right. So right at the start here, we get this very succinct opening, giving giving us the reason for everything that's about to happen in a very short amount of time. And that really worked for me. You know, send out this what we need to know and then get to the good shit. I like that. As someone who doesn't know what really is going on here, I think it worked. Um, I don't know how different it is from the everything that's come before it or not, but... I think it worked for what what the movie was doing here. I thought it was a good opening. See, I like the opening as well, just because Transformer films are usually tenfold movies every two, three years, whenever they come out. Mm-hmm. And this one felt just like a Michael Bay film, you know, with the opening sequences with the military, with the choppers and the sunset, yep. you know, it just felt like yeah. a summer film. So that's why I thought this was a great way to start, uh, I guess, our summer movie season, just because yeah. to me, this is a summer movie. You know, it's totally over the top. There's like, you know, there's lots of, you know, there's, it's, um, what do they call it? Um, They call it destruction porn. Just because, you know, destroyed and, you know, a lot of of bloodshed without the blood, you know, you don't see anybody die, but there's a lot of deaths in it. Uh, Yeah, on set, they refer to it as Bayos. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Because to me, like, I'm running this down my notes. I'm like, it's very Bay-esque. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just just even like with the music they use and the filters they have on the people, it felt very yeah. like like Bad Boys and very The Rock. Right. You know, yeah. especially with the fucking three sixty camera camera turns. You know, yes. it's like usually it's for a heroic action, right? And in this mm-hmm. movie, you get uh, Uncle Puppy B <laughs> in, in the in the used car dealership, and he has a three sixty camera shot. I'm like, what? But but it feels very summer very bay and i'm like great let's get this going right yeah absolutely i loved the i I, you could tell that we were going to spend time with these soldiers they weren't just you know kind of nameless people uh right from the start because they were just genuine uh camaraderie amongst them and their dialogue between each other i thought was was good it was enjoyable and it made me like the fact that i felt like we were about to spend some time with these guys i was really hoping for some spanish subtitles (laughs) <laughs> maybe what he says is in spanish i don't know right but it sounded yeah. very very uh very good it's like let's say that when he spoke spanish mm-hmm. all material would come out of his mouth <laughs> i think it would be yes. silk because it was so smooth he did he does speak spanish very well oh yes. yeah oh yeah almost like how <laughs> frenchmen speak french that's right. how like spanish men speak spanish it was very yeah it was really good and Spanish oh, isn't even a love language, is it? Like French is. Not like French, but it's like better than English. It's considered one of the romantic <laughs> languages. It, oh, romantic language. Thank you. Yes. It um, is. I didn't know that. Okay. Fun fact also, one of the mm-hmm. soldiers that's with that group, uh, he's got the glasses and the red hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the main villain in uh, Christmas Story. Uh, no, well, yeah, he was in Christmas Story, yes. But he was also the main villain in... Um, not Dark Child. Oh shit! What's the name of that? Blood Rain. Blood Rain Two. 
Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Oh, he, yeah, he's a he's a kid that makes the other kid uh, stick uh, his tongue on that metal pipe in uh, Christmas Story. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even catch. He, he's that. a triple. Yeah, he's a triple dog dare guy. And Christopher is like one of my favorite movies, yeah. one of my favorite holiday movies. I didn't even catch that. That's disappointing to me. And he's also right. in Freddy vs. Jason. And like Zach Ward's been in mm. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, you're talking about like that sunset. So there's that shot of the, the helicopter flying uh, like right in front of the bright, giant yellow sun. Yes. What a great fucking shot, man. I love that. And it, like you're saying, it's so very... Uh, Michael Bay, you know, it's awesome. And just, and I know that Tony Scott did Top Gun, but since mm-hmm. his passing, and they've said they're they're announced Top Gun two, Michael yeah. Bay should do Top Gun two. Oh, he would do it very well. Who else I'm can sure, you think yeah. Of a better a better director and action director. Right. That's all yeah. like you know USA machismo because that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's, oh yeah. it's, it's like it's hoorah, you know. So that's Top Gun, man. He should do the sequel. No, yeah. not just that, but he Michael Bay always manages to get the military to look good in the movies. Yeah. And that's why so they, they give they, him they give him unprecedented access yes. to military stuff. Yeah. Well just listen so, with the Pentagon. They got huge access at the Pentagon for this film. Which is crazy. And they also got the military to read over the script and yeah. get, show him ways on how they would react to a possible robot invasion. So yeah, that's awesome. So, I know I started listening to some of the commentary just like maybe the first twenty minutes. Yeah, and uh, he was talking about how yeah, I spoke with uh, you know the military and they said yeah, we, we probably would get involved in this if a giant robot invasion happened and blah blah blah. Well, again, well, the, uh, about like the Top Gun movie. This I don't know what the numbers are, but I think recruitment in the military got a bump after this film. Really? Yeah. I read that somewhere. I couldn't tell you exactly where. That's fascinating. I wonder. Yeah. I have to fact check that. Um, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Or, or just see what that number is. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and like uh, very early on, I wrote, fuck, Bay don't play. That very first transformation was awesome. Um, and the the giant explosions are already starting. And we're just like, what, 10 minutes into this movie? And uh, I just, this is going to be a fun arc. And that that's was what I wrote down. Because it was the first transformation? They want mm-hmm. to make it scary and sudden. And that's exactly yeah. what it was. Now, the Absolutely. only the thing is with this film, and I guess he had sequels in mind because they use a lot of almost C-level Decepticons in this movie. Because mm-hmm. I don't know who the helicopter was at first because they don't really name them at the beginning. No, until the very right? end. Yeah. So, so that one, uh, his name was Blackout. Right. And uh, if I look here, and I lost my notes. Okay, so he's a helicopter in this one, but he didn't become a helicopter until Transformers Energon in 2005. Um, oh. Back in the G1 series, so back in the original like OG series, he was a Decepticon Micromaster, but he was, I guess, linked to another robot called Space Shot. So they each transformed into a small jet, but then you would combine the jets together to make a big jet. Hmm. So, yeah, so he was in a helicopter until like just before this movie came out. And uh, prior to that, yeah, and you'll, you'll notice a lot of these uh, these bad guys as we go along in the film, um, they're, they're very minute characters. Like the only really big yeah. character from uh, Megatron in this film is Starscream. Is that the um, police car? No, he, that's a jet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would say the police yeah. car. I don't know any of their fucking names whatsoever, but I would say the police car I thought was kind of a Barricade. big one along with Megatron. Yeah, that's yeah, that's um, Barricade. Okay. 
And in the G1 universe, so again, old school universe, he was yeah. a, a micromaster. He was the leader of the racetrack patrol. And in that, I guess, version of that character, he was a Formula mm-hmm. One car. Oh, really? So, That's so interesting. Really, they could take any any vehicle in this film, slap on yeah. an old school name, and then do whatever they want with it. Because this right. really has no relation whatsoever to whatever that happened before it. It really doesn't. It's its own no, cinematic it universe. And I, and I'm totally fine with that. And you don't you don't sound like you're saying that as a negative either. No, uh, the thing is though, and and this is my only critique of of the mm-hmm. film is that I you know this film comes out. And it's before Transformers really became big again with the cartoons and stuff. Because really, the, the cartoons had died out. Uh, you know, you had the Beastmasters and stuff like that. But then it got really big when the film came out. Um, so I was hoping for more like Generation 1 uh, characters. And we got that with the mm-hmm. Autobot. But not like what they look like in the cartoon. Which obviously okay. makes sense because you can't go... You, you just won't be able to. But you right. could. But it probably would look hokey in today's world, you know. Yeah. Um because I really never liked Ochnus Prime in this film as a long nosed cab. I liked him as the short box cab, like in the com- in the cartoon. Um, so to me, he's not always trans- he's not always Ochnus Prime in my mind. You know, the cartoon version is the real one. Um, and, but and, in, in, uh, the thing is, though, in robot mode, he still has some of Prime's big features. You mm-hmm. know, the the you know the that he did in the cartoon, which is interesting. Oh, sure. It just um, it, to me it also looks weird that he's not hauling uh, a, a a cab with him because in a cartoon the cab just pops up. You know. Um, yeah. Well, he he uh, in the second movie he does haul the trailer though, or is it the third movie? I think it's the third movie. Oh, yeah. I, I can. Yeah, but it's it's not like every time. Like it doesn't just appear. And, and that's yeah. something that uh, Bay had said in the in the commentary that I that I that uh, heads up display that I watched is that unlike the cartoon where you know Megatron would transform into a, a small gun, he didn't want to displace mass because he wanted to be more realistic. So if you're a big robot, you're a big uh-huh. vehicle. If you're a small robot, you're a small vehicle. Which again, I don't really agree because it's still a alien robot movie. So I could, you know, if you want to transform into a fucking wallet and then I could put it in my pocket, I'll believe that, you know. Hmm. <laughs> um, and, and one more thing while I'm on a little rant here, yeah. something I just don't like is like in the cartoon, you know, Prime has his like face shield right that moves up and down, and I just okay. don't like how Prime in this universe has a mouth. You know, like the, the the shield goes goes up when he's in combat mode, but then, you know, when he's just talking, you just see his mouth like he's got a nose and eyes. I just don't like that. But that's just my my critique of the see, design. I got used to it. Yeah, I got used to it. Um, but I also watch Beast Wars. Uh, in the Beast Wars series, uh, Optimus has a face shield, but for most of the time, he has a mouth. And uh, that. So. Yeah, I never watched that series. I kind of, I yeah. just stuck to the old uh, to the old stuff. Beast Wars is actually really good. If you if you get around the Beast Wars being aimed more for children, it's actually got a pretty good story to it, like overall. Oh, well, um, the original comic or cartoon is for kids. Like I when they first started releasing TV shows on DVD, I have the original Rhino collection on DVD from all the Transformers and I rewatched them all. And they're a chore to watch. Like, as a kid, fucking awesome. But as, at that time, you know, a 30-some uh, kid, uh, yeah, I it was <laughs> tedious to go over. I had some nostalgic pangs during, you know, some episodes. But for the most part, it was a chore. So I kind of understand why you might not like the movie as much. Because it kind of reflects a TV show. Hmm. I mean, like the animated movie. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all great information. I just uh, I can't agree or disagree. Well, obviously, I just didn't. I've never experienced the original stuff, so I can't have anything compared to. But yeah. Um, oh, the reason they went with the long nose cab with Prime uh, instead of the the short uh, was because because of Bay's rule about the size. They wanted Optimus bigger, so he had to have more mass. So that's why they made him the extended cab, which ended up being total bullshit because in the fourth fucking movie he's a short-nosed cab and still looks the fucking same ah that's true and you know what well i will talk about that in the month's time i guess but uh, i did pop when yeah, i saw no that in the theater i was like wow it's back as old school prime so but then again they could scan themselves to be anything they want so because when you yeah. see them coming out of like the pool they're very nondescript until they scan uh, a body that they see and then they transform it their body transforms to whatever uh, they scan so um, I always thought that Optimus Prime, like, you know, he's the main hero, right? The main good guy. Yeah. And I just think him turning into a truck, a truck uh, whatever you called it, the semi-truck thing. Yeah. I thought that was so lame. Like, I wanted him to be like a cooler vehicle of, or a, of some sort. You I don't know shut what, your whore mouth right I now. I, I just always <laughs> thought that's so lame. It's like, oh, he's so cool. But then he goes into this stupid semi-truck thing. <laughs> Hey, you know the guy who voices him? The guy who voices him looks like a, a nice old trucker dude. Really? He goes to the convention and everything, he's got a, he's got the you know the kind of mustache, he wears a cowboy hat, cowboy boots. That's yeah, awesome. he's a, he's a, he looks like a good old boy, you know. He, yeah. He, and this guy actually one of the toys, one of the toys for the first movie has a pop up driver that looks just <laughs> like him. Well, that's oh, cool. that's awesome. But like wow. Peter Cullen speaking about him. He he voiced so many characters of my childhood because like he did shows like oh, My Little really? Pony, he did Smurfs, Dungeons and Dragons, Ducktales, um, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, Voltron, wow. Jetsons. Like he did a lot of stuff I used to watch. That's awesome. But I don't remember hearing Prime on other shows, so right. I I couldn't tell you what characters he played because I didn't look it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just to show how versatile the guy was, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was there. He used to do the Toonami voiceovers, too. The Toonami? Okay. Yeah, back old school Toonami. Yeah, he did those, too. <laughs> was that USA Network or was that Nickelodeon? Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, Cartoon gotcha. Network, yeah. So, uh, kind of sticking with his acting track a little bit here. So, I know he's he's a very controversial figure now, whatever. I have I love Shia LaBeouf, and I've loved him since his Even Steven days. That's what, kind of when I first was introduced to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think he is f- just excellent in this movie. He's does such a great job playing this teenage boy who's like clearly a uh, a very good bullshitter and uh, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, and I loved the relationship that he had with uh, Michaela, with Megan Fox's character. It just felt so genuine and real. I love him in this. Yeah, you know what? He gets a lot of shit for his outside. Like yeah. for his personal life, you know, right? Getting into fights at bars and being all method mm-hmm. because, like, like, he he grew up a child star. He's been through a lot yeah. of shit. Oh, absolutely! But unlike some child stars, he was able to transition into being a great actor. Like yeah. Yeah. him in Fury, the tank film with Brad Pitt, so fucking good, hmm. so good. Um, and, I've not and, seen that one. That one, but yeah, and, and this film, like, I didn't like him so much in Indiana Jones just because. Oh, I'm Indy's son. Um, I'd have to rewatch that because it's been so long. I do. I need to rewatch it, but I have to watch the I'm whole, one of the few people who actually enjoyed that. Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. <laughs> I'd like to. I, that's the only of the Indiana Jones I've seen. 
I just happened to watch that one in theaters when it came out, and I thought it was fine, but I've never seen the, any, any of the other ones. Are you so serious? You haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Are you shitting me right now? Or Last, Last Crusade is so fucking good. Yeah, Last Crusade is awesome, too. The second one, second one, eh, second one's a fun adventure film, but it just doesn't feel like the others. Well, the second one gave me my phobia of bugs. Like, because of that film, I, I am terrified of, of insects. <laughs> Insecticons, not so much, but insects, yes. Yeah, that one, that's one of the three of the recent ones I added to my uh, personal cinefessions list to take over ones that I'd already watched. So Yeah, well, we, we should do an there. arc. We should do an indie arc. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd be totally up for that. It is so good. Again, though, you know, nostalgia. Wait, wait. Are we watching the indie arc in chronological order or release order, though? Ooh. Release order. Cause, okay, because if you watch them in chronological order, you start with Temple of Doom, not Raiders. Yeah, no, we should do, we should do, uh, if you do, we should do chronological or we should do a release date. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yes, Shelley Wolf, uh, I, I thought it was really all, all, all the, um, uh, all the performances in this movie are really well done. It's I like, think so, yeah. It's, it's all these scatterbrained characters and it's like right. you're, you're putting together a puzzle and they fit perfectly together. Yeah. Yes. I think the cast, really helps sell this movie just their reactions because it's it is you know bat shit <laughs> i think about an actual giant fucking robot showed up and they could turn into cars and shit would you act normal <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the right. thing with this movie like i remember it being funny just with his parents but i forgot no, I love how, his parents i forgot how slapsticky this movie is oh <laughs> like, how they go into the city like the army right. guys have their action scenes and all the yeah. civilians are acting so fucking loony you know, mm-hmm. um, even uh, when we get to later on to section seven, uh, yeah. fuck, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I know the John Turturro. Yes, he's yes. ridiculously loopy for a high-ranking <laughs> secret agent guy. Right, so funny, and it works. It all works together really, really well. I thought there was a bit too much of it. Oh, I liked it. At a point, I'm like, okay, you need levity in a movie like this, but I thought mm-hmm. there was too much levity, where they're almost like just trying to. It almost felt like vaudevillian, uh, mm. how, how the how they were interacting with each other, yeah. and like even just talking back. Shy is talking back to all these government officials and these army and FBI guys. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. if I was in his position, I would sh- keep my mouth shut. Uh, I think it works for his character so well, though. He's just this. Uh, well, he's a blowhard. Yeah, he's you know this teenage boy who just likes to talk and likes to sell. Yeah. You know well, that's what he does. Like to run their mouths even when they yeah. should. <laughs> and, and that's the thing; he can't fight, so he tries to weasel himself. Well, not, not even weasel, but just uh, try mm-hmm. to use uh, his uh, gift of the gab to get him out of tight right. positions. And I think like what I love so much about the relationship is that this entire film. All this shit's happening, but Sam is still a teenage boy, a horny teenage boy, right? Who's okay. with this obnoxiously sexy woman. Um, and like, even they, they've been arrested and he's like, who's a uh, ladies man 217 or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, it was a typo I went with. Like, it's a ridiculous time to argue about your username, but it makes sense to the character because he's still trying to put on a good front for Michaela. Well, he, like, wants, that's, he wants a score. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't, you know? I, fuck. I, I was surprised right. by his whole, oh, you have a juvie record? What the fuck? I'm like, who cares? So that's, that was one point that I didn't like. But as it went on, because that's what I wrote down. I was like, I, the thing I hate about this movie is the fact that that matters to Sam. Because who fucking cares? Yeah. Her dad's in jail. She's, who fucking cares? But 
in the, what I remember of it, I built it up more in my head. I thought he made a bigger deal about it. But in reality, he has like one comment about it. And then she's like, when have you ever had to sacrifice anything? And then boom, it's it. Done. Well, it, it seems yeah, like he, he, he gives her the stink eye for one or two scenes until he goes, oh, yeah, and clean her uh, juvie record. And then she's like, oh, yeah. Sam. And that's, you know. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so it, it didn't uh, – I felt like it was built up more in my head from remembering back that it was a bigger deal than it actually was because I felt like it was fine. It was stupid that he was mad about it at all yeah. and it felt just a dumb way to add tension to the characters that was unnecessary. But at the same time, they didn't really do too much with it, so it didn't, bu- didn't bug me at this time around. Yeah. All I know is if I was in that situation, um, you know, she could have killed three people. Like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We're we're good, right? (laughs) Um, Bernie Mac, I think, is so fucking good in his little, a little bit bigger than a cameo role, but Mm -hmm. uh, his role here. And it's just so sad when, because he's so good in this, and it's just so sad to know these past. But ten ten fucking years later, ten years later, I still drop that line every once in a while. It's custom faded. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so good yeah the the his dialogue is written so well i love when he he's like hey that's my mammy or whatever and then she's like hey mammy and she hey, mammy. The bird. that's yeah. so funny yeah i know so he's funny. he's hilarious as a yeah. used car salesman oh mm-hmm. so good well sometimes they pick a driver with a cheap ass father another great line <laughs> like just so fucking funny, man. Yeah, I can only imagine yeah. what was actually written, what was just ad lib. Right. Improv, yeah. I'm assuming exactly. most of it was. Yeah, they talk about – in the little bit of the commentary I watched, Michael Bay talks about how um, that's one of the main reasons he cast uh, Shia was his improv skills. And so if he's looking at that for him, I'm sure he looked at it for the whole cast, just how their ability to kind of, you know, think on their feet and, and improvise. And yeah. So, yeah. I love, man. So obviously I've talked at – links and about my camaro because i love it uh but i fucking love bumblebee in this he starts off as this badass old school camaro which is just a kick-ass car but then the transformation to the the like the newer generation model mm-hmm. of of the camaro i love it. i marked it out so hard i was just like with glee sitting there laughing i was like so happy i just love it i I'll, love it so much i'll be honest i kind of liked his old school camaro better i don't yeah. like the 07 camaro that they used oh gotcha and and just for the fact that back in the g1 commentary or g1 uh universe uh mm-hmm. he was a he was a, a, a volkswagen buck so that's why the door oh, of he? the camaro hits the bug that's side by side during the uh during, love it yeah it's it's a nod to hey that's what Bumblebee was, but now he's right. a Camaro. Well, not just that, but um, Porsche would not allow them to use any of their cars at all yeah. because it's a war movie. That's like why mm-hmm. Bumblebee, even in the toys, doesn't quite look like a Bumblebee or a Bu- uh, Volkswagen Beetle at all or anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, that I, makes I sense. didn't know that. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's what bugged me a lot, too, because my favorite Transformer is Jazz growing up. So Never Ah, uh, yeah. Well, he was actually voiced, if I recall correctly, by Scatman Crothers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, back in the day because he was, yeah, he, Jazz was fucking awesome. He what was vehicle was Jazz? 911 Porsche. Yes. With not, not just 911 Porsche. 911 Porsche fucking martini racing car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my first toy as a Transformer. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I have just an affection for, for Jazz. And what and what I noticed for the first time watching this just this weekend for tonight, 
Yeah. In a comic book. Pardon me, in a cartoon and a comic as well. But his eyes are visored over. So he's got like he's got like a blue visor over his eyes, or that would be his eyes in the in the comic. Mm-hmm. And in the film, he's got, you know, he's got eyes like everybody else. But during some action scenes, the visor went down. And I noticed that oh. for the first time, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, they actually made Jazz look like Jazz, even though he's a, I think, a Pontiac, uh, or he was a Pontiac Solstice in this film. Yeah. Which, yeah. Again. Oh, that's, okay. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize Jazz was in this movie. See, I, the characters' names uh, of the Transformers and, were completely lost on me in this, and, except for Bumblebee and Megatron and Optimus Prime. Of course, he's the only Autobot that dies. I can't recall if he comes yeah. back in the future ones. I don't think so. No, but he does not. It sucks. He was my favorite because that yeah. was Bridget's favorite car in there. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. Was well, part of, part of the reason was Pontiac went under. That was yeah, part of exactly. It. And you know? so they they didn't have the access to the Solstice anymore. That was yeah, part she was of like, it. Ooh, I like that. And I was like, yeah, too bad it doesn't exist anymore. Because really, in the comic or in the cartoon, Jazz was like Prime's number one. Like, oh, okay. Hound's a war guy, but like when it comes to like. Let's say go. Let's say we go Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 Prowl was uh, or Hound, I should say, was like Worf. Jazz was Riker. Hmm. Yeah. Well, kind of. Kind of. It, it depended on who they had that episode because it could be either Prowl or Jazz. Oh, that's what I meant. Like Jazz was. Well, yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I can see I, the the number two or the number one position switched yeah. between them. Yeah, I, I, can see I would actually, I would actually compare. Um, in the original Gen 1 series, I would compare Optimus, Prowl, and Jazz's relationship to Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. They okay. had a lot of that similar, but, you know, obviously none of them are doctors or, you know, the yeah. science officers, but they had that kind of banter back and forth and shit. So. Hmm. And obviously Bumblebee was Wesley Crusher. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love that the uh, Michaela. They just have this, or I'm sorry, not Michaela. Uh, I what was her name? Maggie, I guess. They have this random, beautiful yes, blonde, and with all these geeky guys, I was like, God bless Hollywood. But you know what? And I didn't like. I remember her from the movie, mm-hmm. but I don't recognize her from anything else. But she's been a ton of stuff. She was the blonde uh, girl in um, Jessica Jones. She was Jessica yeah, Jones's yeah, friend. She's the. She's um. Oh shit. Uh, Trish. Yes. Yeah, but uh, she. Yeah, I can't remember her name from the comics. Uh, oh, uh, uh, she was uh, uh, Trish Walker, but apparently yeah, she's Patsy also Walker. like a yeah, Patsy Walker. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's in that, which I I didn't recognize her, um, just because well she has like she's Australian and this was her first big like gig. Yeah. And um, you know she's she's lost that accent for other film roles. But she was mm. in Shudder, which I don't remember her being in, but who remembers that movie to begin with? Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, a few other things, but uh, yeah, I, I remember a blonde in this movie. I just couldn't remember who it was. But yeah, that's Trish Walker from uh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, interesting. I thought she was good, but they didn't uh, – her character kind of is like underutilized. Like she does in terms of what she actually does. She helps, you know, in the very beginning, but then she's just kind of there the rest of the time. I feel like she didn't really add much. Let's be honest. That. She's eye candy. She's, you know, oh, absolutely. the blonde to Megan Fox's brunette. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, basically that whole subplot just gets dropped entirely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. the thing with like Anthony Anderson. Brought along. Yeah. I yeah. loved Glenn, Anthony Anderson. I loved Glenn but, in this. I thought he was hilarious. Hilarious, yes, but totally unnecessary. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? But man, it was funny as hell. 
and just add added more characters for us, I guess. But <laughs> can yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. Can I ask you guys a personal question? Uh, sure. Have you guys ever yelled at your grandmother before? Because I know <laughs> I haven't. And that, oh, that man. makes me cringe to see him yelling at his grandma. I don't know. I, I just. I, I mean, I'm sure I have. I. I, I just. I just can't. I just can't deal. I just can't, guys. Yeah. Guys, I can't. I just. Can't. I don't know. My my grandparents have been dead for a few years now, so I don't remember exactly. But uh, I know when I was younger, I yelled a lot, so I probably did because I was an asshole. But. Oh, did you get some rage? One of my yeah, other favorite parts of this movie uh, is, is Anderson when he goes and eats all of the fucking donuts. I know. I love that. It was so <laughs> And then he has Pepto-Bismol later. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. The Alka-Salsa and the Pepto-Bismol. Yes. I'm like, dude, so handle your donuts. Come right. on. Man. I don't need no Pepto. <laughs> I love that scene, man. That's like one scene that just always sticks with me from my first viewing Michaela at the car sweating. Oh, it's just amazing. And she's like trying to figure out what's wrong with, uh, what's wrong with the Camaro. God. And perfect. Watching this too in on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. The definition. Oh man. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's like, it's like uh, you even saw like, tiny stretch marks on her stomach how high depth this was so it's like holy fuck this is awesome this is as close i'll ever be to megan fox <laughs> and i don't know what it is with the with, filter on yeah, this movie your security guard beating you to death yes right <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh no no is she still with brian austin green from nano 210 oh beats the hell out of me i think they have like a kid or two with them i i, I think so anyways but yeah yeah she's with him he's she's still with, with him he's well, part of the reason her career tanked well i think it's probably her kids the reason why she took time off because he was actually at the time where they had like you know marital problems um he was on that uh sarah connor chronicles so he he, oh. he was still working it's just maybe just not as uh not <laughs> that as, only lasted like a season though right two seasons two and okay. uh, it, it just got canceled and it just season two ended on a fucking cliffhanger high note i'm like oh, oh it was actually a really good show anyways but we're that's a sidebar Right. But uh, what's up with this with this film? And it must be a bay, uh, a bay, um, uh, uh, like uh, how do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, like a filter, a bay filter on this movie. Right. Everybody looks sweaty mm-hmm. and and dirty, but it's like it's like they're glistening almost. Yeah, and it's like a, a yellow filter because yeah. they. When Shia is sitting, when Sam's sitting on Bumblebee and then Bumblebee turns the music on, um, that, uh, like the very first time, that lighting right there is kind of one of, obviously it's, you see it other times, but that's one of the first times I was like, whoa, there's that filter. There's that shot that Bay loves. And he loves filming at, uh, like the twilight hour, right? The, yeah, yeah. when the sun's going down. Dusk. It, dusk. Yes. He, it's <laughs> so like, much is done at dusk. It's like it's a counterbalance to all the metal gray, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, all the, uh, all the metalish materials and colors. You got right. this yeah, warm. Someone actually counted how many times the sun goes down in this movie. And it's a <laughs> lot. It is a fucking lot. Like well, it take this movie takes place over like two weeks or some shit. <laughs> I was going to say that it happens over the course of spring and uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was wondering if I could ride you home. I mean, give you a ride home. It's another great line. Some of the lines in the show. I wrote, I wrote down so many lines as I was Dude, going through. I just love it. His line when Bumblebee's transformed into the new Camaro, 
mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to sit in the driver's seat. Yes. So he asks her or advises her he could sit. She could sit in his lap. Yep. That is gold, and I've probably used it like a dozen times since this movie came out, and it works <laughs> every single time I drive a transformer. Every time. Every That's right. Time. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, absolutely. I just like I said, I said wrote it down a lot of times. I just really liked Sam and Michaela's relationship in this. Um, just very funny. I love that he tosses out the line. Um, he's like, I think there's uh, a lot more than meets the eye with you. I was Ugh. like, yes, because I know that's the tagline. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, you see, might not have. But it was no. so awkward. Yeah. It was intentionally awkward. And it's groany because then, like, over the course of the next few movies, well, always, oh, there are more things that meet the eye. Oh, it's, you know, like, oh, okay, enough already. Like, I, I get it. You oh, know? I hope I love it every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was used twice in this film. And I, I think I groaned every time. It was like, yes, yeah. there are things that are more than meets the eye. But, okay. Well, at least, at least he didn't go with the Japanese literal translation of more than meets the eye. Oh, which is which, which literally tran- when you literally translate it out from like the Japanese manga, it's like things that these eyes have not met before. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's awkward. It's like what? <laughs> I loved the uh, when Shia uh, when Sam is chasing after his car, thinking it's been stolen. He calls the police. He's like, "Send everyone and don't don't ask me questions." My dad's the head of the neighborhood watch. Oh, so <laughs> fucking funny. And Love what it. I didn't realize is all well, because like their surname is Witwicky, which yeah. is not a common name, but it right. actually goes back again to the G1 car- cartoon where Spike and uh, oh, what was the father's name? Sparkplug. Sparkplug. Their, their last names, which I did not know it was, uh, it's Witwicky as well. So them oh. still using Witwicky is actually a callback to the original series, which I really dug. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love that no one gets their fucking names right. Oh, too. Turo, trying to pronounce the name. Hilarious. Yeah, so funny. Very funny. The cops, they played such a small role, but man, when they were there, I thought they were fucking hilarious. They're just so, they're very bad at their job, but damn, they were funny. Yeah. Are you on the mojo? Right, the mojo. <laughs> yeah. It's for uh, my dog. Are I've you seen... on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are you in my piece? Yeah. Um, I've seen an actor before. I don't recall what his name is. I think he was actually in a song movie as well. And uh, fuck, is he funny? You know, yeah, little cameo, hilarious. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? He was. He was a cop on. He was the cop. I think it was Saw Six, maybe when uh, the one that had uh, Dexter's uh, wife on it, uh, Julie Benz. I think it was one of the cops chasing down, but was too late or something. I'd have no, to look back, but we've yeah. seen him before. Hmm, interesting, yeah. A year ago to this podcast. Right, exactly. Mm. <laughs> I loved the uh, the sand transformers. They looked like giant fucking creepy scorpion things, and they were terrifying. I loved those a lot. Well, funny you mentioned scorpions. Um, so he was supposed to be based on Scorponok. Yeah, uh, okay. But he's a he's a relatively he's a smallish transformer, uh, you know, in in that action scene, which was really badass, by the way. But in the G one universe, um, he is this huge robot that transforms into a scorpion or into a base. And oh. his toy when it came out was the second biggest, only after Fortress Maximus. So this is a huge fucking toy. And mm. it just kind of sucks because, like, again, he had a purple and green and, like, yellow scheme to his paint, which looked really cool. So he looked kind of blah in the film and kind of mm-hmm. small because 
he's a monster of a robot back in the original uh, cartoon and comics. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he he was definitely one of the smaller ones in it, which is weird, seeing as he's one of the biggest in real in uh, real life. Yeah, <laughs> in real life, man. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but interesting. Uh, and I just uh, the design itself. I didn't like the uh, circular eyes he had. Mm. You know, with the, with the red I don't slip. remember him to be honest with you. Uh, okay, I just I wasn't a big fan of the uh, of the model, but yeah. that said, though the action scene they had in the. Uh, I guess Iraqi village. I'm not sure exactly what it was. Uh, awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, and it just take a, it took a shit ton of firepower to take out that one transformer, yeah. which is obviously uh, very intentional because it's you know gives us the idea that how are they going to take down all these guys when it took that much to do the one, you know? Um, and so I thought that was really important and you very just good. The right tool. Yeah, uh, I love in that scene. Oh my god, that fuck so I uh what's his name? Uh, uh Which one? Captain Lennox. He makes the phone call and it switches to the Indian man and customer <laughs> service on the other end. Oh my god, that's fucking gold, man. That was yeah. so funny. And other than that, was for gold during that uh, phone call, so that's great. <laughs> I know exactly. Oh man, but very very enjoyable. Um I love that small touch, which I'm sure you guys is probably from. Oh, the oh comics wait, 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 hang on, hang on. That yeah. scene where the soldiers have to call it's mm-hmm. you get an airstrike in that way. That's actually based off of something that really happened to a bunch of U.S. soldiers. Seriously, really? Well, maybe not U.S., but yeah, it happened to a group of uh, U.N. soldiers. Like, yeah, they actually huh. had to call in an airstrike that way. Well, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's either U.S. or U.K., but yeah, it's based off a real event. <laughs> That's interesting. Hmm. But um, what I was going to mention, I love on the side of the cop car, uh, I forget his name already. Uh, that was Barricade. Barricade. It says, because uh, you know how normally it's protect, to protect and serve, this says to punish and enslave. <laughs> I love that little moment because I feel like you only see it once and I thought that was awesome. It, I'm guessing it might be something from the comics. I don't know. But, uh, or the TV Barricade, series, but... did we talk about him already? Yeah, he was the Formula One car. In, in, oh, okay. So uh, it was original... not from that then, obviously. No, no. no. But uh, there was a police car, Prowl, that was an Autobot in Generation 1. Oh, okay. So there was a good guy police car, not a bad guy police car. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did have a bad guy police car, though. Oh, later eventually. On. Eventually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. um, they, uh Barricade, well, like, uh, that might be spoilers. Eh, fuck it. Uh, barricade not for the future ex- films. No spoilers for the future uh, films. Fine. <laughs> okay. We'll get there. I, 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 I swear to remember. God, we'll get there. Um, when Barricade turns into the Transformer the first time, I thought that was filmed really, really smartly. I thought it was really well done because of the angle we had. It was just an incredibly intimidating, uh, just legit scary for the character scene uh, that I thought was it could have been a throwaway, but I thought was done really, really intelligently. Well, let's be honest here, because just generally in real life, police cars are scary. You, yeah. you see one and you start right. sweating, even though you did nothing wrong. Right, right, exactly. So just just the fact that a bad guy robot is disguised mm-hmm. as a police car, you know, and then transforms into a big ass robot. Yeah, yeah, my pants have been shattered. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then like the the scene with Bumblebee versus um Barricade, mm-hmm. I wrote down tense, intense, and cool as hell action sequence. Like I loved that car chase scene, and then just the whole the fight between the two. I thought it was awesome. Okay, I, I do have a. This is probably my only complaint about this Transformers movie, mm-hmm. and I think it has to do with the budget. 
Um, they were very careful how they shot the action sequences and, and everything else. There are two two sequences that it just drags too long looking at the people, and it kind of kills the action a bit. Um, this one, while I love the fight, we follow Sam and Michaela running around and not seeing the action, but hearing the action in the fight way too much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on in the fight between Prime and Megatron, where Sam is on the ground, um, there's like this whole sequence where they're fighting over the top of Sam. Do we get to see them actually beating the shit out of each other? No. The shot is following Sam as he's walking along the ground. And you know why for that? Um, I was reading the pop-up video notes, and apparently if there were three Transformers in the shot, that it would take 38 hours for the computers to render one frame of film. Oh my god. Yeah. So, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he actually yeah, they actually set fire to the Skywalker sound render farm. Really? ILM. Yeah, yeah, they actually uh the computers were working so hard at ILM they actually caught fire. That's wow. They need to put more like coolant, like an extra fan or something. <laughs> well, they ended up they ended up basically like rebuilding and making it beefier. <laughs> so <laughs> no shit, eh? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah, Bay was very, very, very happy about that. He's like, "Yeah, our Transformers are so real that they, uh, you know, turned out ILM." So, <laughs> so, 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 when they rebuilt ILM, did he use the AllSpark at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hate that term, AllSpark. Oh, that just it gives you can me. Blame the comic book for that. That yeah. one's directly from the comic book. But that's lately later down the line. The thing is, what I find funny though. Is that the AllSpark looks a lot like the uh, like the Cosmic Cube in the Marvel Universe? I was yeah, I was right? literally just thinking that when you so, were about to yeah. And yeah. Marvel used to print the uh, the uh, Transformer comic books. Oh okay. So would we would we ever see a Transformer Marvel Universe like, crossover? <gasps> That'd be so badass. I, I think I just got a boner. That's right? amazing. <laughs> that would be fucking fantastic. That'd be pretty damn cool. Oh yeah. I think IDW has the Transformer comic rights now, though, because I've seen them release. Yes, they do. The yeah. Info. And I, wanna, I like their art style in those comic books. I just don't collect comics, but I would love to just get trade paperbacks and start to like from like issue one. Because that's what I w- I definitely want to do. That yeah. Oh, some of their storylines are fantastic. Some of them kind of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to say the ones based around the movies aren't nearly as good as their regular series. But they kind of add a little bit of backstory to some of the stuff going on sometimes. Okay. If you're ever bored at work, just type in Google Transformers Wiki and oh. you have page after page after page of just Transformer like profiles and history and storylines and the comic books and it's cool. Oh, it's actually it's 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 one of those um, wormholes that, you know, next thing you know right. it's nine hours later. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to collect every toy and comic book. Yes, exactly. But IDW, uh, they're, they seem to be like the kings of like the franchises, you mm-hmm. know, where they get all the licenses. So like they also do the real Ghostbusters and oh, uh, yeah. I think they've got G.I. Joe as well. So yep, yeah. They do. it, yeah, they're doing a, they're, they're doing another Transformers G.I. Joe crossover. And didn't they do a That's Ghostbusters Transformers? Mm, that I don't know about. Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, like th- they seem to have some really cool stuff. Um, I just don't know if I want to just open the wallet for all that because I'd want all of it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm they kind have, of staying away on purpose. They have TMNT too, I believe also. Yes, you're correct. Yeah, so they have a lot, but yeah. anyway, one of my, one of my favorite lines from this film and I don't know why, well, I just think it's like very fitting for the whole fucking second half of this movie 
is when Shia, uh, Sam says to Michaela, 50 years from now, when you're looking back in your life, don't you want to say you had the guts to get in the car? I fucking love that line. Yeah. Such an important moment, I think, for the film. And that's where she creamed herself. Yep, exactly. That's what I did, and so I imagine she must have. <laughs> but. You know, one thing, if we go back to the uh, to the barricade bumblebee fight, mm-hmm. when Shia is running away saying, hey, monsters, monsters, and she's showing up on her moped, and then yes. she he fucking clotheslines her off the moped, <laughs> yeah. and she gets up like it's fucking nothing. I know. Oh, and then doesn't even complain about it or like limp or nothing. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's you took a badass. A, you t- yeah, she is a badass. She has a juvie mm-hmm. record, you know? Exactly, right. Yeah, yeah. she's still she stole cars. <laughs> what did that? Yeah. But what what amazes me most is how good and it, I guess it shouldn't with the budget have, but how good the special effects are. This movie came out a decade ago. And to me, it didn't miss a beat, man. Like, it could have came out yesterday, and I thought it wouldn't have looked that much different. Like, I thought it looked fucking fantastic. Um, and kind of the first time I wrote well, – I wrote that down throughout a lot, all this thing. But uh, one moment where it stands out to me is when the Transformer uh, – I forget which one it was. He's getting out of the pool in that water with that little girl standing there and the water dripping down him. I mean, god damn, that just looks so good. Yeah. I just can't believe it. This movie's 10 years old. I was going to make, uh, mention my final thoughts, but there's mm-hmm. only, I think, one or two scenes where the special effects were a little weird for me. And oh, that's okay. Where were those? When Prime is holding Michaela and, uh, and Shia, let's call him Shia, um, and yeah. they fall from, uh, from oh, him. And there's that one right. shot of them falling from his perspective. Mm-hmm. That looked kind of blue-green screenish. I know what you're talking about, and I would I would agree there. But yeah, that's honestly the only like speck of negativity yeah. when it comes to the special of features here. So minuscule. The right. film is a decade old, and compared to other films of the same era, this one it, holds yeah. up hard. Exactly, that's what kills me. Like we've watched movies from this era on the pod for the podcast in yeah. one form or another, and they don't look anything like this. I mean, mind they didn't have even half the budget, but still, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. You know, that's it's, and it's something that I think is consistent during like I'll have to revisit the next few movies just to see mm-hmm. how it gets better or whatever. But right. just this film by itself, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, absolutely right. So I was trying to like f- make sure I had this story correct. And so Megatron was frozen underneath Earth. Sam's grandpa triggered something to make the coordinates appear on his glasses. And they put the glasses on eBay, which is why the robots are all here. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay, good. Just want to make sure I'm following <laughs> everything. Okay. <laughs> if you recognize who the grandfather was, he was the evil uncle in Elvira, Mists of the Dark. Oh, I've never seen that, so no, I did not. Oh, oh really? Yeah, no, oh, I've never wow. seen anything Elvira before. Oh, well, I, I only, I have that one in Elvira's Haunted Hills, which I never watched because it was like more of a, like a 2000 movie. Mm. But uh, yeah, Elvira, Mists of the Dark is one you should watch for Halloween. Oh, okay. Walking good. good. Oh, good so good. Um, one, of, one of my favorite scenes has to be when the Transformers all go back to Sam's house. And we already talked about it. The parents, I think, are, man, they are so good. The mom's so sweet and funny. The dad's just a big softy who loves his boy. What a really incredibly well-acted pair that was. And then, I know, like, some the people, fucking Some people hated the parents, and I thought they oh. were awesome. They're so hilarious. good. Hilarious. Yes. They're hilarious. Yeah. Yes. They, they react well together. They right. feel like a family. Exactly. <laughs> and like the, the masturbation conversation and the dad's just like, stop. <laughs> are you then, having your special? Oh. 
you know, Michaela pops up and the dad fist bumps Sam and then the mom's just like, you are gorgeous. I just, God, they are just enjoyable. They're fun to watch. Uh, I I loved them. And I thought that scene in all was just fan-fucking-tastic. Like the dog pissing on uh, whatever the Transformers name Prowl. was. Like the no, was Prowl? that Prowl? Like, it was the machine gun one, or yeah. like the one. Well, that like, was Ironhide. Ironhide. That's okay. it. I keep mistaking Proud for uh, uh, Proud for Ironhide. I don't know why. You have yeah, a. Proud you have a infestation. In yeah. Oh, okay. He said you have a rodent infestation, and like <laughs> that's just funny, funny shit. And again, and that's a, a funny moment with the Transformers, which you don't really see much of. Right. Um, exactly. I thought it was a little too Three Stooges slapsticky. Oh, I, I get, loved it. I thought it was. Too, see, that's the thing. I thought it was a little too much on the comedic side in this film. Um, mm. And this was a scene which I kind of cringed a bit. I'm like, it's lasting too long. You got the parents doing their thing. Then you got the Transformers destroying the, the backyard on their yeah, end. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to be, if you're a robotic uh, fighter and a leader, why are you being so, like, so iffy with, with, with Sam on this? Like, give him five minutes to find the fucking glasses. And he, he's... He's all almost panicky to a point where, like, come on, I need the fucking glasses. Why are yeah. you jonesing? You know. So to me, it seemed just a little, little weird and just too much, too much ha ha in such a little space. Mm. Again, I'm nitpicking though. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I I was just laughing, so I guess I didn't. Uh, I I wasn't nitpicking. I guess because I was just laughing. I don't think it goes on too long. Um, I don't know. It just. It, uh, okay, this is this kind of follow, this film feels like it, and some of other Michael Bay's films feel like it. The scene feels edited a little too weird. Uh, like some of the shots don't line up quite right, or the pacing seems a little off at points. But overall, I like the scene. So yeah. Hmm. Um. So <clears throat> later on, I thought it was very effective when we see them take down Bumblebee. And I thought that was just a nod to the character building up to that point because I genuinely cared for him. I didn't, I didn't want to see him, you know, the, the army take him down. I thought that was just a very sad moment. Um, and it's just interesting because it's from a character who doesn't even talk really, right, at, yeah. until that point. Like, I thought that was very well done. And, and, and that's one of the things, though, I, I kind of don't like about the Transformers, at least the Autobots, is they're so Boy Scout-like. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I won't fight back. I don't want to hurt the humans. Like, right. Uh, okay, come on. It, it, like, you still have to be self. You still have, there's still some self preservation in you, right? You know, and it seems like they 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 just won't kick into that gear because they need to protect the humans, even mm-hmm. though the humans are attacking them. It's like, okay, okay, Boy Scout. So it's a little too like too good to a certain degree. I don't know. Again, that's 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 just me though. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, I really liked so there was that 13 second clip from the Mars rover. Um, I thought that was very interesting. It was kind of a creepy thought. If that was used in a, a different movie, it would have been a very scary 13 second clip. I feel like, but even here, I thought it was just pretty a creepy idea. Well, that, that was the, well. That was a teaser for the film when it came out. That was like the uh, the sneak uh, teaser trailer for the film. Oh, okay. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I probably watched it, but I just don't remember because it was so long yeah, ago. Yeah, but, but the teaser awesome. trailer got the info wrong because the Beagle wasn't a U.S. probe. It was a U.K. probe. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. A but... probe. You know probes. <laughs> yeah, I love probes. No, the Beagle, the Beagle <laughs> probe that landed on Mars was uh, European. 
not U.S. Oh, 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 and I see. In the trailers, saying, yeah. they okay. made it look like it was a U.S. probe. And it oh, okay. was like, uh, no, no, it wasn't, guys. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> um, I liked Optimus Prime's, uh, his, like, rally speech, his battle cry before they all, where it ends with, like, let's roll out. Um, and I like that. I thought it worked well um, as a, a rally cry. As, as it's there's it's their uh, it's our Independence Day, Phil. Yes, you know, exactly. Our, we want to stop the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But you know, there isn't a rah rah U.S. summer action film that doesn't have one of those. Exactly. You, know, you have to run the troops, and you have to have your speech. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's something that has to be done every film of that nature, and I love that it comes in the form of the Transformers here. That's what I like about it. Heck yeah! Um, so one thing I, I I was impressed with was how well I thought they were able to justify getting all these civilians into this insanely highly classified area, but yet it worked for me because it felt like these are the ones who could help. They should be there. When otherwise, they're in some movies, they don't deal with it, they don't care about it. And I thought it worked really well here. And it's something that you would think in a just a Michael Bay action movie would be looked over. But I think it is justified well. <laughs> there, was, there was a great, the, one of Sam's lines when they're in the helicopter ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, what did you do? Bought a car, turned out to be <laughs> a giant robot. <laughs> yep, I had that one written down too. I love that line too. It's very funny. It's such great dialogue. But um, I loved... So they build Megatron up the basically the entire film. They built his legacy up enough that makes him intimidating without him even having to say a word at this point. Um, and I just felt like he was going to be such a badass villain once he got free. And uh, I think he is. He, he we don't see too terribly much of him, but well, like his, I thought his voice was very intimidating, very cool. Hugo um, Weaving. Yeah, which I had yeah. no idea. I, had I didn't no realize that either. Clue that was Hugo Weaving up until I watched his special features. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, cool. they'd actually auditioned Frank Welker, the guy who did Megatron originally in the cartoons. Oh, okay. Uh, but Welker's voice had changed too much over mm. the years. Uh, so he couldn't, Michael Bay didn't think he was menacing enough. Um, hmm. So they brought in Hugo Weaving. Uh, Frank Welker does show up in the next couple of films as a couple different Transformers, though. So. Oh, that's cool. And he I voiced love- Megatron in Transformers Prime. Oh, okay. I loved the the fight over the bridge sections toward the end of this film here with uh, Optimus Prime and I forget who he was fighting at that point. Bone Crusher. Okay, uh, yeah, Bone Crusher. Yeah, I th- I just loved that they went to the the bridge section of like the highway. I thought it looked so cool. It just made such a cool visual. But that scene, I guess that chase scene uh, when uh, Bone Crusher is chasing um, Optimus. Yeah. Bay actually stole that shot from his other movie, The Island, and then superimposed. Um, no, 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 that wasn't that, that one. That it wasn't. Was, no, that was. It's from The Island. What you're thinking of, but it's yeah. not that chase sequence. It's one of the other Transformer movies. Are, are you sure? I thought it was yep. this one. Nope, nope. It is. It's either the second or the third one. I think it's the third one. It's the sequence where. Bumblebee, uh, there's an explosion under Bumblebee. Bumblebee transforms with Spike inside of him and has to grab the two humans as he's doing this, like, roll and then, you know, holds them close and then transforms back into the car. That chase sequence, they used, reused a shot from the island for that sequence. Hmm. I think it's the third film. Hmm. It's interesting. But you can't tell. You can't tell because it's just a nondescript shot and they just happen to throw... It's like the same... 
crash circumstances and they just happen to move the transformers in. it's not like oh i know that shot oh, you're like, right you're yeah. right yeah in transformers 3 fuck i thought it was that one i was sure it was no hmm. that's interesting that's very interesting i'll have to rewatch that wow well fuck me then i love you're the gonna island out, right you're gonna edit it out right oh no that's right. staying right in there what right on in yeah oh yeah no I editing no one's got time for editing Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. You, you win this when Ash was prime. <laughs> oh man. Um another speaking of scenes from the island, they also it's not the same scene, but they film in uh the down in Detroit in this movie and in the island, they use the old train station. And it's used here, but like nothing happens in it. And I was kind of confused why they would have Wasted their time. At one point, uh, LaBeouf runs through the train station. It's like it's an old building. Um, he's carrying the the all, all shock, all whatever. All spark. All spark. Thank you. And he runs through the train station. But it's like nothing. Just nothing really happens with it. So I was kind of disappointed with that. They use it a lot better in the island. but Because, you know, Michael Bay wanted to, to focus on, you know, destroyed America. So he goes to Detroit. Where yeah, they, they just let him destroy everything. So definitely is that. That is true. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the island because isn't that the one where uh, Scarlett Johansson Scar jo, runs? Yeah. She runs a lot. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I need to pick that. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've only seen it once, and I remember liking it. But um, I like it I just, too. I remember it got poo pooed, and it didn't yeah. do well at the box office. But I thought it was pretty awesome. That was before films really came to Detroit, and so it was such a huge deal that we could see the uh, the train station <laughs> in the film, and so that's why my buddy and I ended up getting it, renting it to see it. But um, anyway, moving moving ahead here, the um the so there's at one point they have this slow motion jump over the uh, the pretty brunette, yeah, who was all dirty, like pointless, but I thought it looked pretty cool, and the girl was pretty, so I was like, okay, it's worth it. Totally but, pointless, but it was a cool scene oh, to see the Transformer exactly. contort in the air, though. Right, I know, I love that. But, uh, and then you get the, uh, Sam, no matter what happens, I'm really glad I got into that car with you, and then this huge lens flare <laughs> that literally drowns both of them out as the camera spins. Across oh. another sunset. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because at that point, uh, that's a censors who actually made him do that, because at that point, she actually goes down on him. And, uh, <laughs> it makes sense. I was wanted to happened. keep his PG rating, so right. uh, they had to no, put no, big no, was, player on that. It was PG-13. They didn't make a PG yeah. rating on this one. It was implied. Well, so if you PG. zoom in, you could see a silhouette. That's why it's PG-13. Yeah, exactly. But originally, it was going to be PG. Am I, I wrong? The better question is, the better question is, what kind of a pervert is Bumblebee where he lets humans make out on his hood? <laughs> but, I was a transformer. That'd be exactly what I got did. It. We know that. You don't got to tell us. Come on, but. sit in my back seat. <laughs> I'll make the seat oh. vibrate with oh, my face. Oh, apparently, oh. I'm the pervert for thinking that. That that okay. Oh, exactly. Hey, well, those headers are really clean. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I know. Uh, am I crazy or did I? Was there a Paris Hilton cameo in this movie? Uh, when uh, I don't think late so. in the film, they go into a car. Uh, it's in the city oh. when all the city's the city destruction's happening. They go into a car and it's uh Odette Yesman, I believe, is in the driver's seat. She screams, but in the passenger seat, I am about ninety five percent certain that Paris Hilton was sitting next to her. Well, let's easily uh we can easily find out. I know. I don't even I, know if I, she I, would I be credited. So. She doesn't have a line or anything. But I'm gonna I'm gonna look. 
I'm going to check it back out, rewind and see, because I really swear to God, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's interesting because I was just talking about her last week with uh, with uh, House of Wax. Yeah. I remember but, the, the I, third no, time I saw this movie it. when the uh, in the theater, uh, we were talking about it with one of my friends afterwards and he was a big Xbox guy and he was like <laughs> having like a joygasm because when they converted the Xbox over, they're like, oh, we made the 360 sound. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Well, another something that like crossed my mind while watching this is why are all the robots uh, bad guys when they get transformed yeah, by the well, Allspark? And that's the thing is they're it, what makes them good. Think, then? It doesn't come across very well, but they're not necessarily bad guys. They're running on instinct. They're brand new robots. They haven't you know they don't have anything to them. They're just you know it'd be like dropping a wild animal in something and you know it's the and no, going it, to town. It, but it's just like they seem to all have like red eyes and they all seem very, very uh, angry, you know, like Mountain Dew machine is shooting Mountain Dews. You know, you're going to run out, son. See, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's shooting out free cans for everybody. Hey, free soda. <laughs> Can't you underhand this? I can catch it because you're, you're feeling pretty. Your side arm is pretty intense. It's like that he got they got the <laughs> that's like that mountain era that seven up make seven up yours commercial where they had the can launcher. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. I totally remember that. Yeah. Um so yeah, one thing I wrote, okay, so these Transformers and the Autobots included are destroying the fuck out of this city. Where the hell were all the uh the quote unquote Superman destroyed too much of the city assholes from when Man of Steel hit? I never heard any of this shit with this movie. No, well, again, with this because, one, you know, because I'm Superman said, nerds are too intellectual to watch Transformers movie, right? <laughs> but Crime said in this one as well that all the uh, humans are evacuated, which I call bullshit in a big city like that. But still, he makes mention that the that the buildings are empty, mm. which is why there's not oh, much okay. of an uproar compared to uh, you know Superman, where people were inside the buildings. Again, yeah, they were I trying to get care? people the fuck out of the area once yeah. the shooting started. So, I, so I, I just think it's just people. People are just complaining just because they can. Right. Exactly. So, you guys look at the clip I just uh, sent you on the ZenCaster app, that okay. YouTube clip, and tell me that that doesn't look like Paris Hilton. Looking it right might now. not be here, but goddamn, it looks like her. Okay, but uh, it looks like her, but it's not her. You know, it's not okay. No, no that's it's not, not her. Man, I thought it was when I, I first saw it. With it just like plant. her, but it yeah, is not it's her. weird. Yeah, but but I didn't anyway. even recognize Odette Usman. Yeah, as, Odette, as yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, I like her. Yeah. Um. So, and I probably just missed it. Explain to me how did Sam know that putting the Allspark near Megatron's chest would hurt him? Because I thought Optimus Prime just asked him a second ago to give it to him to Optimus Prime. And he and Sam wasn't around for that whole conversation that they had, that rallying cry about how it could kill, uh, how it could kill Optimus. No, so, didn't Prime say that if you give it, if you put it in my chest, it'll kill me and destroy it, but it'll save your world. I thought I mentioned that. Well, he said that, but that wasn't. He said that with the other Transformers. He doesn't say that with Sam there. No, he says it. I thought he said it to Sam. Uh, I just took it to that you know uh, he's the beef and he just knows better. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, I, okay. I, I, I don't. Uh, to me, he just had an instinct. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. 
Fair I'm enough. Not sure fair if he enough. Was, I'm not sure if it was aware or he was around right. when the whole speech of in concern of, you know, it'll kill you, Prime. Yeah. I don't know if it was there or not. Okay. But at the same um, time, though, Prime did have the 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 leadership of or matrix of leadership. So mm-hmm. maybe he'd be able to withstand the power of the Ospark, but we'll right. never know. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember Bumblebee getting the ability to speak at the end of this thing. He did not. He he didn't get the ability to speak? No, he was still talking through the radio at the end. Oh, was he? Because it sounded like it was like a, reg- a different voice and like just an actual sentence as opposed to a song or something. So that's why I thought he No, it was still, still busted at the end. Okay. And I don't remember when he gets that fixed. I can't recall. Gotcha. He doesn't in the movie series. He doesn't, eh? Oh, okay. That gets annoying. Hmm. I did like the early uh, shot when he's talking, and then there's that little clip about the XM radio. I'm like, oh, yeah, I had XM <laughs> then. I'm like, yeah, XM, fuck you, serious. And right. yeah, now it's all serious. So yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Um, serious XM. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> okay, I Googled it. Hang on. Uh, Megatron yells at Sam, I'll kill you. Mine. The Allspark is mine. Optimus says, Sam, put the cube in my chest now. Uh, yeah, that's what I remembered, but I didn't know if there's something earlier. But just one of those things, I guess. So we won't know unless we watch it again. But it, it, to me, he just went on instinct. Yeah, I, I don't think there was an actual reason for him to plug it into uh, Megatron. Right. Yeah, that works. that works. Or maybe though he had held it for so long, he felt the power of it. Like, maybe he got overwashed with like the ancients or something, and it told him to do so. Like who knows? You know. <laughs> right. We can pretend. Exactly, I love that shot at the end of the uh, the helicopters carrying the uh, the broken Megatron to the ocean and then dropping him in. I thought that was a really cool shot, and just showing like the, the scope and the size of Megatron. I thought that was awesome. Was that during a sunset? <laughs> I know, no, nope, but the next scene was because it broke down. Damn, Basher loves that light, uh, that dusk lighting. Looks so well, good. It's it's Americana right there. That's what he yep. was going for. Exactly, and he does that really well. So cool. Any other uh, like interesting uh, facts to add before we go over our final thoughts and star rating? I think yeah. I, I would go like um, I want I want to mention I think Spielberg had a softening effect on Bay. Um, not not no no not explosion wise or anything. It's just the story he encouraged Michael Bay to tell with this movie is very different than anything Bay had done previously. Like, it's still kind of a war movie, but the underlying story is what Spielberg was trying to get him to do, which was a boy in his car. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think... Yeah, and that's definitely what it was about. Yeah, and I think that it's... It's not necessarily that it softened Bay, but it gave him a slightly different focus. And so it doesn't feel like, you know, a bad... It doesn't feel like... It feels like a Michael Bay film, but it doesn't feel like Bad Boys or Armageddon. It feels different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with that. Um, I think kind of Pearl Harbor has more of that, you know, that love story in it than some of his other films do as well. Um, but I would definitely, definitely see what you're saying there. Uh, as for me, um, so the little crazy spazzy robot, the boombox, mm-hmm. um, well, that's supposed to be Frenzy. And Frenzy in the G1 universe, he is the brother to Rumble. And if you remember Rumble, uh, he was a cassette tape that would go into Shockwave, who was the cassette tape Not mini Not Shockwave. Uh, pardon me, Soundwave, Soundwave, Soundwave. Shockwave's a gun. Um, so <laughs> in so Frenzy in the com uh, in a comic book, 
he didn't have the pile driver arms. He was more of a vocal sonic emulator type of thing. So he would like, you know, yell and it would short circuit guys. But in a cartoon, he was pretty much a clone of Rumble, just a different paint scheme. So they both were cassettes that could like, you know, cause earthquakes, which I thought was really cool. But up until I saw this commentary, I didn't know that Frenzy, because you, you never get that robot named in this movie. He doesn't have a name, but right. he does. He's Frenzy. Uh, or yeah, he's Frenzy. But you wouldn't know that unless you like read the commentary or saw the script, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird. Um, as well, Ratchet. So in the in the G one universe, he is an automobile van. Um, but in this one, uh, he's the he's an ambulance. The, uh, the he was an ambulance. Yeah. W- what did I say? R- Ratchet was still an ambulance. He was just yes. he was the same model as Ironhide. It's just he was the a different paint. Version. Yeah. But for the movie, they just took an H2 Hummer and they just painted oh. it to look like a search and rescue vehicle. Hmm. Um, and I think that's all I had. Like, that was interesting. Unless okay. nobody thought any of it was interesting. So, you then. <laughs> well, I thought it was interesting and that's good enough, damn it. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and the whole uh, Section 7. I guess that was a play on the G.I. Joe because uh, they were filming their, I guess, the first G.I. Joe film at that time. And I guess the most recent G.I. Joe reboot was G.I. Joe Sigma 6. So this Section 7 was a bit of a play, which is, I guess, because they're all in the same universe, allegedly, because it's all Hasbro, right? Right. So it was a bit of a, like, if ever they would, you know, uh, merge universes or, like, have a crossover, that's where they'd be able to link each other. So Hmm. that was that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Excellent. So, let's do it then. Ash, what are your final thoughts and your star rating for Transformers? Um, I think Transformers is an excellent Michael Bay popcorn action flick. Uh, even without it being based off of like my childhood fun stuff. Um, I'm not one of those people who's running around. Oh my god, Michael Bay raped my childhood. No, uh, I'm sorry. He he took what what he wanted to do and he made a decent action movie using a toy line from the eighties. <laughs> um, the action sequences look great. Um, while I have a few qualms about some of the editing, um, overall it's done really well. Uh, especially, you know, for the budget, uh, that they had, the transformers look fantastic. Uh, even now, um, you know, it, it, it pushes all the right buttons. I love the score. The score is still fucking amazing. I still remember when they were they used um the Autobots descend to Earth theme from uh the movie in one of the uh sports things that were doing like a recap of the year for something and I was just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> but yeah, cuz it's uh, it it's, you know, it it sounds stupid, but I think it, it, the the score for this film has some really iconic sounds to it. Uh it just just especially the Autobots main theme um, but a lot of it has like the usual Michael Bay, you know, form things, you know, like that you'd always hear in the rock or, or, or along right. those lines. Um, but I mean, some of the scores is really well done. Um, overall, it's a fun film. Uh, they they put some thought to it. It's got a lot of heart and it, it's just fun to watch. I give it three and a half out of four. Excellent. So three and a half for Ash. And what about you, Mark? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, I. I came into watching this movie after not seeing it for a long time. I don't think I revisited this since it pretty much bought it on Blu-ray. Um, just because as the series progresses, the uh, the uh, quality or the uh, the memory of enjoying it goes up and down. 
But rewatching this again, I'm like, fuck, this was a really good film. Um, I liked it a lot more. Uh, I remember coming out of the theater the first time I saw it and then driving away. And I'm like, oh, what if this car transformed? I was driving a 2002 <laughs> Chrysler Neon. So I knew it wasn't going to. That's it, though. I was so jazzed. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, after leaving the, the theater, you know, I was just energized. And I got that feeling again watching it uh, for the first time again this weekend. Um, everything clicked. Apart from maybe a little too much humor. a little It's just a little too, like, slapsticky for my taste at some points. Um, one or two scenes were the... Uh, special effects, you could see that it was, it, it didn't look as on par as everything else, but that's just nitpicking. Um, I dug, I dug practically everything. Uh, I wish there were some maybe bigger uh, Decepticons um, involved, but you know, they're bad guys. Of course, most of them are going to get killed, right? So again, right. also bummed that Jazz got killed because he was my favorite growing up. Uh, but <laughs> out of four stars, I give this an easy three and a half out of four. Excellent. Yeah. Trans- and I remember, remember at the beginning, I said, I felt like there's something else I wanted to tell you. And there was, because I talked about it before. I didn't tell you. Uh, I initially gave this when I left theaters a nine out of 10 on IMDb. So All yeah, right. that's well, I, I can, about. I can totally dig that. Yeah. So Transformers is so wonderfully Michael Bay. And I mean that as a good thing. I enjoy his work. And there are few people that can deliver better balls to the wall gigantic summer blockbusters in Michael Bay. And Transformers does a great job of supporting that argument. It's big, it's funny, and it's just filled to the brim with action and incredible special effects that hold up a decade after its release. I love the characters, especially Sam, Michaela, and Bumblebee, and I just genuinely wanted to see them make it out alive. I loved this when I thought saw it in theaters back in 07, and frankly, I loved it again this time around. I have nothing really negative to say about it. It does exactly what it sets out to do, and it's just a ton of fun to watch. So, it's unanimous. I'm giving Transformers three and a half out of four stars. So next week, we move on to Revenge of the Fallen, which I, uh, well, I guess I'll I talk about that next week. I saw a little bit, but not the whole thing. So yeah, it'll be interesting. So I am excited to dive into that one. <laughs> so before we sign off for the day, now remember the best in the backlog challenge is on hiatus until episode 101 um, because it is... June. So in honor of CSSC 6, we are putting that Best in the Backlog Challenge on hold for now. And uh, until then, though, we are dedicating this segment of the show to a short discussion of the featured film of the week for CSSC 6. So that means this week, the three of us have all watched Harbinger Down from 2015. And um, for this segment, we're going to try to do our best to uh, avoid spoilers for Harbinger Down, just in case you haven't watched it yet. Um, we want you guys to be able to see it without us spoiling it for you so keep that in mind as we go through this section i guess gentlemen or save um, you from watching it yeah that could be too hey now uh, but you need those three points those three points are important so anyway um to, i figured to keep the segment st- streamlined and interesting let's um kind of discuss our initial thoughts on the film and then we can dive a little deeper into it without spoilers okay. um and then give our final thoughts on our star rating so um i believe i'm correct in saying that both of you have seen this movie before correct yes, yes. Okay, now I've not seen this one prior to today, uh, so this is my first time watch. Um, so, Ash, what are kind of your uh, your what were your first thoughts about Harbinger Down? Um, well, I only watched this one uh, originally because um, the uh, the people who were supposed to do practical effects for the Thing remake, which basically got end up 
the the thing remake they ended up basically not using any of their physical effects work and went mm-hmm. all CG with it which I think was a mistake oh, yeah. uh, but uh these guys were so upset about what they had done for the re- the 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 pre uh, the prequel uh, yeah. that they went out and crowdfunded this movie so that they could show that practical effects still work. I guess it's like a little bit like Pacific Rim that way. I did not know the that behind Pacific Rim. Um, uh, she said that the the, the uh, Pacific Rim came about because they had to come up with ideas for another film and it fell through. So, oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's interesting. I it might have been. Yeah, she says it might have been Evangelion, but don't quote her on that. I think I think she's right. I do remember something about that. Hmm, um, interesting. But uh, no, they. Uh, that was the whole reason I went out and watched this one. Uh, okay. It gets bonus points for having Lance Henriksen in it, who I love. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast is okay, uh, but it's it's it very much reminds me of the thing without the. Um, it's more of a monster movie than the thing. Whereas the thing, there was a lot of paranoia about you know who's infected. Uh, this one is a little bit less so, and you know, focuses more on the creature than the people. It's right. like the thing without the good. Yeah, because I think that's what <laughs> makes the thing so brilliant is that paranoia, and this it doesn't really have it. It toys with it a little bit. It teases that, but it doesn't go with that at all. No, it um. doesn't. Um. I I think the I think the right practical effects still work really really well because holy crap uh the effects work looks fantastic in this I got to give them that um mm. most of the practical effects look absolutely amazing um like hell half of the time it's like wow they could actually do that with practical effects I did not know that uh, right. but okay um so uh, yeah I think that's like that, that, that's kind of my thoughts on that as yeah, as that that's a, the one major positive I can say about the film is the practical effects work. It's fantastic, um, mm-hmm. but I but there's not much else to back it up. Unfortunately, um, yeah. like I wasn't taking notes during this, but I did have to write down because that opening scene when the first like the group is together, I thought that was horrible. Uh, the acting I thought was really awkward and and just uh, bad. Sadie in particular stood out as especially bad in that opening scene. She just wasn't able to own this shitty dialogue she had to deliver. Not just opening scene, the whole movie. She was not good in the whole movie. I didn't think she was very good at all. Yeah. Um, And I think most of the problem was the script itself. I just didn't, it had strange dialogue throughout. And, and then they add in this, this subplot to the story that is just kind of pointless. And I didn't understand why it needed to be there. And it's just strange to me. I don't know, Mark, what were your kind of your first thoughts with Harbinger Down? So I watched this when it first came out on Netflix because it was uh, from the guys who did the special effects for the Thing remake, or not the Thing remake, but the prequel. Right. Um, so I was excited to check it out. And uh, I thought the whole film was a mess. I, unlike you guys, I did not find the practical effects looked good at all. Really? Um, yeah, they did not look good on my TV. I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, need glasses or not, but I didn't think it was that good at all. It was mediocre at best. Um, I thought the acting was horrendous. Uh, I, I liked three characters or actors in the film, um, or actually four. I did like uh, Hendri- Hendrickson. Lance mm-hmm. saved the film with his gravitas as the uh, ship captain. Yeah. Um, I also liked, uh, I think it was Reed Columns as Bauman, who was the bearded Caucasian guy. 
as well as Guillaume, which was the big black guy who had that uh, sequence with the, the uh, with Stefan, the professor, about his having people tease him because he's big, which oh, that yeah. fucking sucked and went way too long. Um, <laughs> and Alex Fett, uh, the blonde Russian woman, um, I just was attracted to her. And I like Russian women, you know. If, <laughs> I've never actually talked to one before, but if I did – it probably very very short conversation because I'd have to change my pants, um, but uh, yeah, I, I liked her. And funny enough, I think this is one of her only films. And uh, yeah, she's known. She's done two films so far, and one's in post production. Um, mm. I her name is Mila Bjorn. Uh, again, I dug her a lot. Um, this whole sexual tension between her and Guillaume was kind of weird to begin with. Um, again, yeah. I think the whole film was a mess. It was supposed to be an FX uh, reel. Um, that's all this film was like they, they had the special effects and they just wrote a script around it bad idea right. um yeah i i dislike this film very much um i the only reason why i rewatch it is because of this podcast tonight because i have no i have no desire to see this a third time gotcha yeah so i, I didn't dislike it nearly as much as you did i thought it was just incredibly mediocre um, I thought that the acting improved a bit from that opening scene. I, I like you said, Henriksen yeah. was very good. As in it. the people died. <laughs> well, you know? um, I, I thought the the major problem with me wasn't the acting; it was the script because I thought the acting improved, but the script didn't at all. Um, and that is because, like you said, like they had these effects that they wanted to showcase, and then they made something around it. They just made you know a very obvious the thing clone. Um, just without what made the thing so fantastic. If you um, want to see some good special effects, go see The Void, but avoid this one. <laughs> see what they did there. I do. I do see what you did. <laughs> I, I, I completely disagree with you on the special effects. I thought they looked fantastic. I, uh, like I said, I think that's the only overwhelmingly positive aspect of the film. Um, the tension I thought was, was lacking. Um, the... Uh, characters themselves, I just didn't care anything about. Um, it moves pretty quickly, I thought. Well, it's a short um, film. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. It's just, it's ambitious and I appreciate that, but it never gets out of the shadow of its influence um, because it brings nothing new to it other than this silly um, uh, subplot that I'm not going to talk about. But I thought it was just very mediocre and, and, and to me that was bad enough for this one. Um yeah, I guess there's really not much else to say about it that I, I I can think of. Ash, do you have anything else to add? Um, no. It, it I think it spell it like it started off pretty good for me. Like I liked, I love like the first half of the film, and it's around when they introduce the subplot that it starts falling apart for me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, and I so I think if they'd kind of kept it more along what they'd managed to do with like the first half, as far as building it up a little bit mm -hmm. slower, I think it would have been a lot more interesting. Um, but like you said, the, the tension's just not there. Like um, there's a sequence where one of the characters is uh, away from the others and it's a tense situation. It's supposed to be tense and it's just, right. it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's just like, um, yeah, but yeah, I think, while the well, I like the effects. It's it's very bland, and it is very. It feels very much like a thing or monster movie ripoff. Mm -hmm. I, it feels like something you'd see on sci-fi. Right. Oh yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, with better effects, I'd say. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, what would you? What was your star rating for Harbinger Down? Um. 
I ended up giving it a Netflix thumbs up because, um, well, Lance Henriksen, um, and, and the effects work. Um, but, uh, overall, I think I, I'm going to have to give it a, a, a nice big dab in the middle. It's getting a two out of four. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm putting it to right in, right in the middle, two out of four for me as well. And what about you, Mark? Well, I gave it a Netflix thumbs down and, uh, I'm going to give it one and a half. I still haven't seen this thumbs up, thumbs down thing on my Netflix stuff. So I'm not sure why I haven't, but I just haven't yet. All my, yeah, yeah, all my, on the, on the online thing. Yeah. That's all I've got is uh, thumbs up or yeah, thumbs never, down. That's why I probably never, I never really use the online or the internet for it. I always use them for my console. And so maybe that's why, but yeah, I use all my, somebody work on my PS4. Is it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm, I was distracted by the thumbs up, thumbs down. What star rating did you give it? One and a half. One and a half. And that's okay. just because of Hendrickson and a few other actors yeah. I've mentioned. If it wasn't for them, it'd be a one or even less. Gotcha. Excellent. Cool. So next week in this time slot, we will be talking about 1977's House. So As that opposed is... to the 80s version of House. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Which Very I don't true. think is a remake. It's just called the same. Oh, no. It's not, no, it's no, not no, a remake. No, no, no. Yeah. So that will do it for this week. So next week, we're going to continue our Transformers arc with that review of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen from 2009. And then, like I mentioned, we will be reviewing the crazy Japanese film House from 1977. So as always, if you have questions for the three of us here at the Cinefessions podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag in film we trust for all your questions you'd like us to answer here on the show. And we'll do our best to answer them all. So again, make sure you tweet at us using that hashtag in film we trust. And if for some reason you're not on Twitter, Give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any question of the week options. And if you like what you're hearing here, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews are incredibly important for the uh, sustainability of any podcast and the growth of any podcast. So we really appreciate you guys taking a few minutes out of your day to leave us those reviews. Um, and another reminder, you can always reach us on social media. We love to interact with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all three of those platforms. And Ash, where else can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, D-H-G-F-A-S-H-E. Uh, and if you use Tumblr, I am on there as well under the same thing. Excellent. And what about you, Mark? Yeah, you can get me on Instagram at, uh, mnado02. Fantastic. And you follow me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, that's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And remember, you can still, there's still time to join in for the sixth annual Cinefessions Summer Screams Challenge. Hit up Cinefessions.com. It'll be the top post. That's all the rules and how you sign up. So, uh, don't miss out. It's going to be a fun month. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to the 95th episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time.